6: Obama!
4: Oh, my God. That I was... had to do it. It's the last time.
2: I wasn't expecting it. I had to. You, you did.
3: That's true. We are changing our song. Yeah, because this is the last episode
2: of season three.
3: Season true, four true, true. is going to be bringing a lot of changes.
4: Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes. Now, this is episode yep. 153. Today is Wednesday, April 29th. April, April 19th. 19th. Last show of season three. This is the Godless Revolution. I am Dan Ellis.
3: I'm Ryan Duffy. And I am gearing up to be mad at some stuff.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be totally different. And weird. I thought that was a new
2: change for season four. You're gonna be like calmer and not not be mad at stuff anymore.
3: I have been sober the last two times we've done this show and I still, still iron yell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess. <laughs> I guess that doesn't go away.
4: <laughs> uh, on tonight's show, we will be interviewing Dr. Karen Garst. She is the author of "Women Beyond Belief: Discovering Life Without Religion." We've already interviewed her. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's a very, very nice lady. And I, I shall go pick that book up because it's the
3: stories like what she reads to us from, and I'm like, those actually sound like really interesting stories. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a lot of interesting. Things to say and a new perspective on the uh, whole issue.
4: Yes. Everybody should go and buy her book. We'll also be talking about some new stuff. What did you guys do over the last week since the show? Fixed my fucking car, finally. Right. When did you get it done? Sunday. Yeah.
3: So it was in the parking lot for two weeks, almost? Yeah, a week and a half. And then I finally, I had been talking uh, to Meg about having her tow it with her Forerunner, but it. Things just weren't lining up. So I dragged Danielle up there yet again. Well, it's a whole fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I went up there six times probably with a new part, thinking, oh, it's gotta be this hose. Oh, this throttle body needs a gasket. Take it all of it out, take the air box out, all the all the cables, unhook the throttle cable, everything all the way out to the throttle body, six fucking times and put it all back together and, and none of it worked. So I finally had her tow me back and I'm like, I think I know the problem has got to be the gasket in between my idle air control, and my throttle body, because that's the part that I just replaced.
1: Hmm. And it
3: was overheating and coolant runs through the throttle body right there. So it's got to be something. So I replaced the hoses thinking that maybe I wiggled one of those and it caught a crack or something. They're original hoses from 2001 and stuff. So that didn't work. Anyway, finally got it home. Probably good to replace those about now anyway. Yeah. Oh, and here's a pro tip. Hmm. if you're having a hard time getting your hoses on back on the pipes hmm. fucking armor all
4: Oh really yeah
3: mm. I it's just trial and error but I had it in my trunk and I'm like shit this makes rubber slick doesn't it Fuck yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say if you
2: were if you were at home you could just use some really hot water cuz the rubber expands
3: and it slips mm. on nice and neat but you didn't have that Armor yeah. all hmm. Yeah if you put yeah. if you put it on the post and and if you want to spray any inside the hose, but I didn't. And then it just it just slides right on. Oh, wow. Yeah. A little bit of lube would do ya. It also helps on the outside with the hose clamps. They'll mm-hmm. slide easier too. But anyway, yeah. So I changed all that, pulled my idle air control valve back off, which I just replaced. And the gasket was sitting kind of funny. And the stupid fucking thing is that thing has got to be on so tight, uh, tight enough to hold all the pressure from the coolant running through at those high temperatures. Right. And they have four machine screws that you are supposed to mount the idle air control valve to the throttle body with, with a fucking screwdriver. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so I went and replaced all those with with the same thread of, you know, yeah. a he- like a hex head that I could actually turn. Yeah. Put, you know, put the gasket back where it was supposed to, bu- supposed to be, glued the fucking thing, put it back together and ran it and it still overheated. So I was like, fuck. And that's where I was like, oh shit, it's been leaking coolant for a week. So then I went and <laughs> filled it up. There's no coolant in there. <laughs> yeah, it at so all. I filled it up with coolant. Now it's running fine.
4: <laughs> so yeah. I've
3: spent all week doing that bullshit.
4: <laughs> well, it's good that it's fixed finally.
3: Yeah. 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 Runs and you good. got
4: all new hoses and Yeah, runs good. Runs like a champ. Fantastic. And you, with Mr. Duffy? Two hundred and thirty thousand miles. <laughs> wow.
2: I've just been doing my freelance video work and building websites for another company.
4: I didn't know you did any web development stuff.
2: I haven't really in the past. I've done little things before, but they paid for it all. And they're like, hey, we already got all this stuff paid for this web builder and everything. We've been using it. We just don't have the time to build a website. They want to build a new website to help train their employees. So
3: I'm Mm. building it for them right now. So go to Squarespace. (laughs) No, actually,
2: there's I've used Squarespace and I've used other ones and it's junk. This one here, I can actually go and start with a blank page and lay all the things and make and actually make hyperlinks and do the HTML codes in there. And I can tell it where to go and choose the size of it besides the program saying, well, you get to have a square here and you can tell it what to say on that square. I'm like, I don't want a fucking square there.
4: (laughs) So, But it's a square space. Come on, Ryan. That's how it
2: works. Yeah. But then they don't let you get rid of it. It's like, I don't want that. I don't want one of your layouts. I want to build my own layout. So I've been working on that. And that's what I was doing that this morning. Got the windows in the car tinted.
3: Nice.
4: So now you're now you're rolling deep.
2: Yeah. I look like a gangster. <laughs> Got a gangster oh, yeah. ultima now. You need
4: to put some twenties on there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> with spinners. No, I'm not gonna get curb that feelers. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to protect your investment. True. Uh see, I went to the perfect circle concert on Saturday.
2: Which looked pretty badass. It was fucking so you, really cool. You posted that picture with them playing the Beatles song. N- yeah. N- uh was that their opener? No.
4: Oh, okay. No, it was not in the opener. That uh, was toward the end-ish. Of so the I figured concert. that'd be really funny if
2: doing the, you know, no religion song as their opener in Utah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, they, so they do a cover of Imagine. Yeah. And yeah, that was just during, during their set. But yeah, it was a great show. And thank you very much, Shane, for the, the tickets. His company owns a suite there. and He invited me along. Oh, it, Shane's a fantastic guy. Always have a great time with him. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun hanging out in the suite. I took Gray, my son, oh, with yeah. me to the yeah. concert. That was a lot of fun. He's a fantastic kid, man. Where, I,
3: where is that kid? I haven't seen him forever. I,
4: <laughs> he does things and junk <laughs> and stuff. He's going to school. He's a TA. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's probably smarter than all three of us. Why isn't he coming on this show? <laughs> I keep asking him. He's like, no, no, no. I don't know what to say. No. No, he's, he's awesome. Uh, he's actually graduating Oh, nice! Yeah, next month. Very exciting stuff. And was accepted to grad school. Oh, nice. sweet! Yeah. So, congratulations! Yeah, I'm super proud of him. He's a kick-ass kid, man. Um, what else? Oh, when's he gonna change his name to Ellis? Though. <laughs> 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 That's time. the important thing. Anytime, no, I'm sure. <laughs> um, what did you guys do for for J- Zombie Jesus Day?
2: Uh, slept in at work and watched Mystery Science Theater 3000 most of the day. Oh, I hear
4: that's really cool. It is. I like it. Yeah, the new the new stuff. Yeah,
2: and I actually got really excited two, three weeks ago when I went to Netflix. I was like, "Oh, new episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000!" And I click it. I'm like, "Oh, it's all the old ones. Oh, like, I want the new ones." Oh. Yeah, so I I recommend it. If you were a fan of the old show, definitely go watch it.
4: Yeah, Hardwick. Uh. Chris Hardwick yeah. was saying how great it was last night on At Midnight. I'll have to check it out for sure. I hear it's pretty good. Um, we had the family over, had dinner, ate a bunch of candy and ham and Mormon funeral potatoes. <laughs> ham candy? Ham yeah. candy, yes. So it the delicious potatoes were for Candied ham. Hamdy, nice. Yeah, and Mormon funeral potatoes. Those are... Green Jello with carrot very good. No, no Jello. Oh. We had no Jello at
2: all. I thought that was like the staple of Mormon festival foods, too.
4: Well, it is, but this was not. Deci- a decidedly non-Mormon oh, okay. mm. zombie Jesus Day family dinner. Did you pass around the offering trays with shots in it? There were. I don't know if anybody had shots, but the whole family put together went through almost a handle of. Uh, the Crown Royal Green Apple. Yeah, yeah. I was editing the show for a large portion of this. I could just hear them being very rowdy <laughs> in the kitchen area, <laughs> and I went down and like it was. There's there's maybe a fifth of that bottle left <laughs> at the bottom. I'm like, holy shit, you guys, <laughs> you guys really <laughs> like the Crown Apple. You're the Crown Royal Green Apple shit, huh? It, it is delicious. It's pretty yummy. I like it. Um, what else are we doing this evening? We got news stories. We got stuff about religion and junk. Yeah, last show of the season. Three years, man. It's crazy Crazy. to think
2: we've been doing this for three years.
4: Three years! What was that? Uh, Gross
2: point blank. Yeah. Well, he was 10 years.
4: Was it 10? Yeah, he had been away
2: from 10 years.
4: (laughs) Killing people. All right. We'll take a quick little break. And on the other side, we'll have our interview with Dr. Karen Garst. This is Matt Dillahoney, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution.
5: We all know there is a cure for poverty. It's a rudimentary one. It does work, though. It works everywhere for the same reason. It's colloquially called the empowerment of women. It's the only thing that does work. If you allow women control over, some control over their cycle of reproduction so that they're not chained by their husbands or by village custom to annual animal type, pregnancies, early death, disease, and so If you will free them from that, give them some basic uh, health of that sort, and if you're generous enough to throw in perhaps a handful of seeds and a bit of credit, the whole floor, culturally, socially, medically, uh, economic of that village will rise. It works every time.
7: Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now.
5: Well,
4: on the line with us, we have Dr. Karen Garst. How are you this evening?
7: I am terrific.
4: Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Garst is the author of Women Beyond Belief, Discovering Life Without Religion. And that was just released in, was it September? Uh, Yes. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself first.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Myself. Well, before the show, we already determined that I know what the word Ufta means. (laughs) Uh, I was born in Bismarck, North Dakota and went to school at Concordia College, a Lutheran college in Moorhead, Minnesota. And then I went to Madison, Wisconsin. I have a PhD that I never really used until I put it on the book. Um, I moved to Oregon to become a field representative for the American Federation of Teachers. Then I was executive director of the uh, Oregon Community College Association, did a lot of lobbying at the legislature, and then finally i served 13 years as the executive director of the oregon state bar and i have retired from that position hmm. never to take a salaried position again <laughs>
4: well <laughs> so do you have a jd then
7: no i do not
4: oh so what is your what is your doctorate in what was your thesis
7: well it's really interesting my doctorate um i was asked to uh pick a topic based on pierre bourdieu He was a French sociologist of education because I could, I I speak French. I have a master's in French. Oh, um, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, we were studying, it it was really kind of an interesting study group uh, with my advisor. It was very much on the left. I mean, we read Karl Marx and Habermas and all of that. And we were studying how this educational system repeats the economic system. So Pierre Bourdieu is a, does a lot of work on culture and cultural reproduction. Just to give you a real quick example, um, there was a study where uh, the teacher said, okay, it's not good to divide people by economic status, and we should not track people. We should just have every kid do the best they can. And so they eliminated their tracks. They got into the classroom, and based how they talked, how they looked, what they wore, they just divided them into those classes all over again. So it kind of shows out how deeply ingrained culture is, and how it's even difficult to perceive the impact of it. And I think what's interesting is I didn't go into academia, but 40 years later, all my presentations are about religion as culture. And I usually say that culture is the last uh, religion is the last cultural barrier to gender equality. So 40 years later, it's come full circle.
4: Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. So you went to a Lutheran school. I'm guessing you grew up Lutheran,
7: I grew up Lutheran,
4: and what was it that started your exit out of religion?
7: Well, I've probably been an atheist for a couple of decades we My husband was a lapsed Catholic, we did get married in a Lutheran church, but he you know wasn't that much into it, and we ended up going to this new thought um church it was kind of all past to God, it really My mother-in-law once said, you know, that was a good talk, but I wouldn't call it a sermon. Uh, It was kind of like listening to Stephen Covey. And it was great. And then it folded, went belly up, and we left. But I can actually say what really tipped me over was reading Bishop John Shelby Spong's book, Resurrection, Myth, or Reality. Because the resurrection was the last thing I was clinging to. If the resurrection isn't true, okay. It's it's nothing then, mm-hmm. because even at Concordia, my first class in Religion 101, they talked about the widely accepted uh, four oral strains that compose the Old Testament: the J, the P, the D, and the E, and talked about the Babylonian exile as a real historical event. So even even in a religious school, it wasn't very doctrinaire, if you want, um, but reading uh, Spong's book kind of did it for me. And then I was just an atheist and we didn't um, join anything else. We didn't go to any organizations that, you know, secular organizations. We just slept in on Sunday.
3: (laughs) One of the best perks.
7: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah. That and not paying tithing, I think are Mm. two of the best things about it.
2: Well, Lutherans don't require you to give up 10% of your
7: No, but we had the cutest thing when I was growing up. When it came time to make a pledge for what you were going to give every Sunday, they had this little book that the Oxford Press put out, and it was all baby faces. (laughs) And, you know, the baby would be scowling, oh, I don't think I can give this year. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) It was very humorous, and I always look forward to, every spring to taking a look at that. And I I tried to find that from Augsburg and I I couldn't get it anymore, but it was, it was really cute.
2: (laughs) Yeah. They didn't require you to give money, but they sure loved the guilt.
7: (laughs) Oh yeah. In fact, once uh, I was at church, when I was in college, I'd come home and the preacher was looking right at one of our uh, national congressmen talking about money and I got so pissed I got up and walked out. And then my dad felt bad and gave him extra money because I oh. walked out <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> totally negated my mm. stance that I had taken.
4: Oh. <laughs> oh. That's terrible. So are your are your parents still around? Were they, did they remain religious throughout their lives?
7: Um, they did. My dad was more religious than my mother, but he was also very interested in science. So it, it was never an evangelical intelligent design creationism, et cetera. Um, you know, when I studied evolution in middle school, I figured, God, I wonder when God breathed in the soul. Was it Cro Magnon, or did he go back to Neanderthal? Oh. <laughs> so I just kind of incorporated everything, but it was it, it was pretty namby pamby Lutheranism, as I say, okay. a far cry from Martin Luther's original, misogynistic, Mm. um, anti-Semitic writings.
4: Mm. Uh, Do you have any siblings?
7: Uh, Yes. My brother's passed away. He, um, I think even toward the end, he said he believed in God, but he never went to church. My sister is vacillating between agnostic and atheist.
4: Mm. Hmm. Just depending on how she feels during the day or? Yeah.
7: You know, depending on the type of blog I write each week, she'll go, okay, I'm an atheist. That did it.
4: (laughs) Well, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your book. What inspired you to write it?
7: Well, in fact, I was just listening to the news. They were talking about the case of the church that didn't get uh, state money to uh, revamp its playground.
2: Yeah, we talked about that last week.
7: Very nervous about that. But what what got me motivated was uh, the Supreme Court decision in 2014, Burwell v. Hobby Lobby. Mm. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. And that's basically where this um, privately held corporation, closely held corporation, didn't want to provide certain forms of birth control Uh, that they said were abortifacients under Obamacare, and so they filed suit, and the court said, okay, you don't have to, we'll buy them for you. So I just happened to be having lunch with a friend of mine who's an author, and she said, you should write a book. (laughs) And I said, well, the only I get pissed about is religion. And
4: there we are, (laughs) years later. (laughs) Well, and what what inspired you to make it it, – short stories from uh, secular women?
7: Well, I think you you know well. Let me see. I'm talking to three guys, right?
1: <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> yeah. The
7: statistics, um, I would say almost all the outspoken atheists are men. You know, the Four Horsemen, you know, Richard Dawkins and Company, who really kind of gave a new face, um, kind of rejuvenated the movement in the late 90s, early 2000s. If you go online and look at debates, they're mostly men. Um, and not that there aren't women atheists who have written and have spoken out, but just the vast majority of them are men. So I decided it would be good to focus on women. And so I started asking friends who I knew were atheists. And then I branched out. I started attending the different humanist groups, secular groups at Portland. Then I reached out on social media to get a little broader take. And ended up with 22 women, including myself, telling their personal stories of how they deconverted.
4: Yeah, I I watched one of your videos earlier today uh, on your YouTube channel, and you were talking about your book, and you you mentioned three different stories from the book. And, you know, I kind of had it playing in the background while I was doing other work stuff, and uh, the thing that perked up my ears was when I heard the word Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> being in utah of course you know matt yeah. and i are both former mormons ryan is a transplant from wisconsin and so. was
2: never religious at all
4: <laughs> but luck you <laughs> yeah yeah but so you know matt and i being ex-mormons and living in utah of course that that perked up my my ears when i heard you talking about that um So there's 22 different stories in there. Can you tell us a little bit about the the LDS one that's in there?
7: Oh, yeah. She's a really good friend of mine. In fact, I've adopted her. She calls me mom now. (laughs) Um, She uh, kind of got into Mormonism later, and she got married to a Mormon who was in his late 30s who'd never been married before. And he was pretty devout and they started having children and she had, she had two kids and I don't think she was working at the time and perhaps wanted to go back to work or whatever. They got in this argument and he says to her, why can't you just submit? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she said, I think the marriage is over <laughs> <laughs> and, and got a divorce. But, uh, I'm not sure she'd call herself an atheist either. She's probably more agnostic, but, uh, you know, she's really struggled with her children. Um, and one of them is, uh, is gay. And, you know, that's kind of frowned on by the church Mm -hmm. and the father wants him to go to all of these classes before Mm -hmm. school, like every day. And, you know, he knows what, the I mean, the child knows what his father and the church thinks about being gay. Um, so I eventually, I think when they're 16 or 17 or so, at least he will leave. But it's really difficult raising children when you've got one person who totally left religion and the other one is knee deep in it. Mm-hmm. He's gotten remarried and had at least one, if not two other children. So um, it was a difficult situation for her. But, I think, for the probably the most um difficult journey was by someone who was raised as a fundamentalist, and I'm not sure I even knew that much about what that meant uh, but, fun-
4: fundamentalist Mormon or
7: no, it was evangelical Christian oh okay, but she was taught not only that people commit sin but that she was sin, kind of, you know, the St. Augustine uh, misogynistic, uh, carnal lust. Sin is caused by carnal lust, and in women it's paramount, Augustine said. Um, And it took her decades after she decided to leave the faith to feel good about herself. I mean, when you – I don't think people understand – the detrimental impact on indoctrinating children at a very young age and telling them if they don't do this, you'll go to this burning pit in hell. And it's child
4: abuse.
7: I mean, it's nothing other than child abuse.
4: Yeah. I've, I've always thought, I've always felt the same way that, you know, teaching kids that if they don't do what an invisible daddy in the sky says means that they're going to burn in hell forever that's that's got to be fairly traumatic for a young kid.
7: Oh, absolutely. And she um communicated with me just kind of when the book was coming out and she was on the Oregon coast, our beautiful Oregon coast and sitting down and she said she had an epiphany. She felt good about herself for the first time. And she's around 50. Oh, wow. And said and I think writing the essay helped. Yeah. So that of course made me feel good, but one of the things we all need our models. And it's difficult to imagine yourself as something if you don't see anyone else like you doing it. You remember the picture at the Oval Office with the little boy looking up at Obama and going, wow, I'm an African American. <laughs> he's an African American, African American, and he's president. How cool is that? Well, it's the same thing. Uh, whether it's women picking career choices, you know, there's always the first astronaut. There's always the first anthropologist. And for those women, more power to them. But most of us can't be the first of something. We have to see somebody else who's done it to realize that it's a possibility for ourselves. And so I think that's why this book about women is really helpful because, uh, Sonia Johnson, who is a Mormon, you know, Sonia Johnson are you too young? Uh, It was when the ERA came out, she wanted to ask the Mormon church why they were against the Equal Rights Amendment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember hearing her tell the story that the group of women had gathered together and this man had come to talk to them and explain it to them. And he started out by saying, well, gee, on the way over here, when I was thinking about what I would say, you know, totally disregarding these intelligent women, he hadn't even prepared um and she was eventually excommunicated um shocker <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think seeing somebody else who is an atheist who is a woman makes it easier for a woman to say oh yeah i can do that i know she had a bad time i don't think i'll have it that bad with my family oh but it's okay she did it i can do it yeah and it doesn't matter what walk of whether you're talking about a profession or a sport that you're afraid to do, whatever. You really got to see models. And that's what I hope this book provides.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's going to give a a lot bigger voice to women that have gone through the the same situation seeing they can get get out of it. Um, And I was also wondering, has it been more of the evangelical side of religion that you see the the women having issues when they're getting out? The ones that have been more patriarchal and uh, less friendly to women?
7: I'm, I've am i spent the week researching and checking footnotes, that's so much fun, <laughs> on my new book. And my new book, they're mostly women atheists who have already written a book. Abby Hafer, Valerie Tirico, um and those... Um, God, I forgot what I was going to say. Your question was again? (laughs) Uh, About the more
2: evangelical churches being harder for women to get out of?
7: Well, I'm not so sure of that. I have an essay by a woman who's Jewish and the Orthodox Jewish tradition and what they do to women. I mean, I was really shocked. I knew part of that, but I didn't know all of it. Like, they're not only unclean when they have their period, they're unclean a week thereafter mm. and some of them can't work outside the house because nobody can touch something they've touched mm. so and then i also have um two women who are uh, ex-muslims right and obviously i think we'd all agree that's that's the worst possible yeah scenario.
3: yeah
7: but i also have oh, i remembered what i was going to say now they're so <laughs> <yet>. uh one <laughs> of the women who's writing for that is greta vosper who has written a book. She is a minister in Canada and she's an atheist. Huh. And she is. Yeah. I think
4: I've heard her story. Is she, uh, I think the, the church or the denomination that she is a minister for. um, Wasn't there a big dust up about that recently that they want to defrock her or something?
7: There still is. And what happened when, when she became an atheist, she had a, had to share that with her congregation and some of them left some stayed, and some new people came on because of it. And so, you know, she talks in her essay about, should I leave? Should I stay? Should I leave? Should I stay? But she really outlines for me, what churches could convert to, to keep that sense of community and then they could turn themselves to not only helping each other, but helping the community and really focusing on that. And that's what her church has done. And so her church members are totally behind her. Um, I know a minister in a Presbyterian church in, in Portland, one of the suburbs, who's an atheist, and they knew it, uh, the congregation knew it when they hired him. Huh. So you're probably not aware of a lot of these cases, but there there is some movement there. Um, and then you have the universal universalist and some of those who are, pretty as close to just being a humanist as you can get Hmm. and still calling it religion.
4: Yeah. i wondered what they, what they talk about while they're at the pulpit as an atheist to a congregation of what I assume is primarily made up of believers.
7: Well, I think when she came out, the people who were really staunch believers left. Yeah. And people who didn't want a fire and brimstone doctrine near church just started to come to hers because they knew about it. Um, but there's a lot of things you can talk about. You can even use the Bible to talk about, um, you know, there are some good things in there, but, you know, you, it's a humanist approach. You know, you talk about what you can do to help other people and, you know, morals and attitudes and, and different things like that.
3: Uh, this is Matt. Uh, wh- why do you think there are so few, um, atheists, female atheists in, in outspoken positions or or in the spotlight in the movement
7: well i think part of it started with the people who were the most outspoken atheists were coming from philosophy and science Mm. and 30 years ago 20 years ago that was really dominated by men so you have dawkins science Dennett, philosopher um so i think that's part of it Um, I think probably it's a question of a history of debate, uh, where perhaps men are more comfortable debating and arguing. Um, although there certainly have been women who, who do debate, it's, it's really interesting because if you look at the church, most of the people who do the work are women, Hmm. my 96 year old mother in law is head of the funeral potluck committee. Wow. (laughs) And at 96, she organizes a potluck for the funerals at her Catholic parish. Uh, That's amazing. And I remember when my dad was deacon of the Lutheran church, he came home and said to mom, well, now the wives do the altar flowers. And she's going, I didn't run to be deacon. You did. So You do the flowers. Dad had to do it, you know. Um, but whether it's folding bulletins, I don't even know if they fold them anymore, but, um, all of that kind of, um, doing all the kitchen stuff and arranging everything and being greeters, a lot of that is women. So the other reason to reach women is if women leave the church, it's going to collapse.
2: Mm. They've, they've mm. lost their, their workers, their yeah. smiling
4: faces at the doors and yeah, yeah, I've I've always wondered why I mean if if you look at only the religious aspect of it, I've always wondered why women aren't the ones who are leaving the church more often than men. I mean, when you look at the rampant sexism and outright misogyny in a lot of the religious traditions, you would think that those who are at the bottom rungs of that would be the first to leave. That they would be the first to say, "Fuck it, I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm tired of being the of being the one who does the majority of the work and gets shit on all the time, while some guy is telling me what to do all the time.
7: And, you know, like in the Catholic Church, you can't be a priest, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, Right.
4: Yeah, it's the same in the LDS Church.
7: There's so many things you're excluded from being. And I I think your point is really valid, and I also think if women knew what there was before monotheism, they'd be even more likely to leave. Hmm. One of the presentations that I do frequently on book tours is called From Goddess to God, Elimination of the Female Divine. And even though we probably remember in high school, you know, Edith Hamilton's uh, mythology book, we knew there were gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But as women got into the fields of archaeology and those types of issues in the 60s, such as Mariejig and Buddhist they started looking at things from the paleo looking forward with different eyes. And so I've done a lot of research in this area and I think it's pretty clear that the first, I hesitate to say worship, but let's say veneration was of nature, the earth goddess, mother goddess. Hmm. And I often think when And this is in the Paleolithic area. They figured out the cycles of the moon. They knew the regularity of that. And for them to know that women bled and didn't die from bleeding, (laughs) and that they bled every month just like the moon, Hmm. that had to be, whoa, holy shit. That's pretty cool. So they naturally (laughs) had a reverence for the Earth Because they wouldn't survive if a big storm came out or everything. So appeasing the earth to be kind to them was certainly probably one of the first things. They've even found graves of Neanderthal where they buried their dead on purpose. Mm
1: -hmm. With red
7: ochre lined up with a bone from an animal next to it. So this goes back a long ways. And what's interesting is when Judaism developed into a monotheistic religion, and it wasn't even monotheistic in its early history, and there's evidence of that in the Bible, there were other cultures at the same time who were getting rid of the female goddesses. For example, Enuma Elish is the story of the Babylonians, their myth story. And Tiamat, Marduk, I mean, is the, one of the bros. And he says to the other guys, hey, if you make me head god, I'll get rid of Tiamat, which is that kind of sea monster, female goddess. Mm. And they go, sure, bro, we'll do that. No problem. (laughs) And Marduk attacks Tiamat and cuts her in pieces. And, gee, I know we've heard this before, creates heaven and earth, you know. um, And there's a lot of, actually parts of that mythology, the Babylonians that made it into the Bible, um, where you have um whether it's Enuma Elish or Gilgamesh, you've I I did a blog post once on the Ark and Noah and paralleled it with the other story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, word for word practically. <laughs> Build it this big, put this in it, etc. So cultures change and get assimilated and pick a piece off another culture. Um, It's not a straight, uh, cultural reproduction isn't a straight path. But I think if women knew the onset of monotheism and why and what it did and all of the patriarchy and the things that came about against women because of the patriarchy, they might be more liable to say, wait a sec, I want to go back (laughs) yeah, or I want to at least discard this belief in everything that's male. I often say that the story of Isaac uh, and Abraham and Isaac is where the women is completely left out of religion because Abraham has a conversation with Yahweh. Yahweh tells him to sacrifice his son, Isaac. He says, sure, no problem, God. He doesn't talk to Sarah. He's there and Yahweh intervenes. No women, no conversation. That's it.
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, in, I
7: think it's a, it's a true patriarchal turning point.
3: And even in that story, I mean, it, you know, if you expand it out, Sarah's little more than a vessel for children anyway. And the, you know, throughout at all that there's n- really nothing more said of her.
7: Absolutely. Well, most of the women in the Bible, that's what their, sure. their view was that I'm the patriarch. I have the property. I want to give the property to my oldest son, and so I have to be sure the woman I married is a virgin, and then I have to be sure she doesn't commit adultery. Um, And, you know, most people don't know, you know, they talk about abortion, they say there's no reference to abortion in the Bible. Wrong. Yep. And the new version is pretty explicit in Numbers 5 by saying that the guy brings his wife into the priest and says, I don't have two witnesses to prove she committed adultery, but that lump on her stomach, I don't think it's mine. <laughs> and the priest gives her uh, something to drink and the blood runs down her legs. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty obvious.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it sounds so it's like all about
7: me. Yeah.
3: yeah. Is there a way to change that? Is there a path to, to shifting, you know, moving that Overton window or? Well,
7: there are. I just finished a book by Barbara Walker, um, called The Rights of the Goddess. And I don't know, maybe the title itself would direct people who believe in a goddess to read it, but she has done an incredible job of outlining all the issues that religion has for women. Um, and it's a very interesting book. Um, I don't think going back to uh, worship of a goddess, even if not as Walker describes her as something that's not transcendent, that's not supernatural, is is a way to go. Some people may choose to do that. But I think the recognition of the fact that there were women who were worshipped, there were women who were queens of Arabia, there were women who were pharaohs in Egypt, Mm -hmm. and that got all taken away with, Uh, through Judaism and Christianity and Islam. Each of my authors, uh, one who was writing about the early African-American experience, talks about the goddesses in Africa, that they brought this notion that they brought with them. And that was actually kind of the first um, foundation for gula and voodoo. Hmm. That that was that ancient worship of the goddess. And the person who's writing who's Muslim for my new book talks about the goddesses in Arabia before Mohammed. And Mohammed himself married a woman who was older than he was, who was a businesswoman. But I think he saw what patriarchy was doing for Christianity and uniting all these different people that he said patriarchy works. And so all of that was eliminated. There were Uh, Women rulers in Arabia. There were women goddesses in Arabia before Islam. But, hey, Christianity was doing pretty pretty good with a male god, so let's try that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to move to uh, some of the questions that we've gotten from our listeners to make sure that we get them covered. Um, Shalice Blythe, who is the uh, chapter head of the local... Chapter of the Satanic Temple here in, in Salt Lake City uh, wrote to us and she says that uh, she says, I'd be curious to get her take on women like me, whose religion chain, whose religion challenges these very issues. Satanism, or in my case, the Satanic Temple, not only challenges the longstanding oppressive nature of most religions, but actually holds women in the highest regard and its leadership is predominantly female. She also mentions the Hobby Lobby decision, which the Satanic Temple actively uses to fight for women's reproductive rights. And I'd like to hear her take on that as well.
7: Well, I think there's a number of different um, areas where women have gotten together, whether it's that one or a worship of the bodice, goddess covens, those type of things where women wanted a safe space to get together. And, you know, that's great. Um, there are also some religions that, uh you know for example there's a movement in the united states and elsewhere to uh embrace secular buddhism so take the good stuff you know the meditation and we know what that really does to calm the mind and but we don't take the god stuff with it so i think you know people want to have bonds with other people they want a community now for me as a as a retired person it's going Thursday night to Taco Thursday at Seven Brides <laughs> Brewing in Silverton. You know, our neighborhood gets together. We may have four people or 20 people. You know, it's great. Um, it's participating. We had an Easter egg hunt. We hid eggs for down in our park in our housing development. So there's all kinds of things that people can do for that sense of community. And I think a lot of women stay in church because of the community. And one of my authors said when they left, uh, they were in Colorado Springs when she and her husband deconverted. And they said not a single person in their church would have anything to do with them after they left and said they were atheists.
4: That's terrible.
7: It's terrible. It is. So you can see why people say, "Ah, you know, maybe I'll go to this humanist group or maybe I'll go to this or maybe I'll go to that. And I'll really stick up for my rights as a woman. And, Um, if that's, if that's what works and makes you feel good and you get that sense of community out of it, I mean, I miss singing. That's the only place I ever sang was in church. And we got to walk down the aisle in high school singing this song. And my brother, when he was alive and sister and I would get together and sing it. You know, it was just this pomp and circumstance that you didn't have anywhere else in your life. So, uh, I think it'd be great if the churches would kind of stay as community, just, Give up the supernatural part.
4: Yeah, I agree. And it, and it's difficult, you know, for when people leave, when people leave religion behind, a lot of the time they are ostracized, you know, they lose their community that they had through their church, they lose a lot of their friends, sometimes they lose family members, and... It would be great if there were a way for the secular community to provide a more of a community. You know, I know, I know that a lot of people and organizations are trying that. You've got Sunday Assembly. You've Mm -hmm. got the UU churches. You've got, uh, secular Sundays, Oasis church. You know, there's a bunch of different things that are, that are starting to come up now, but it's really, really difficult to compete with an organization with so much history behind it that, you know, demands that you provide them tithing that you not only that you provide them tithing, but that you also volunteer for them regularly. You know, they have this entire hier- hierarch- hierarchical structure that allows them to have all of these, all of these means that they can provide those types of services. And it would be nice if they could, you know, unshackle themselves from all of the religious superstitious nonsense that goes along with it. But I don't, I don't know how the secular community can compete with those types of resources
7: well and i think a lot's going to depend on the millennials um there was a book i read once called bowling alone uh you know when i was growing up we had luther league at church and we'd go bowling and we'd do ice skating it's where we did stuff people don't do that anymore you know when was the last time you knew anyone who was on a bowling team right
2: (laughs) it's been a while (laughs)
7: Yeah. You know, there's so many other things going on that I'm not sure the millennials, once they get away from home, I mean, even I, when I got to grad school, I never went to church because church to me was in Bismarck and it was, I knew everybody in every pew and I wasn't go join a church. I didn't know anybody. And plus I was really shy, Mm. but you know, if they spend time away and they meet people who are different from them, you know, I, I guess I have some hope in the millennials.
4: Yeah, it's it's hard to maintain a lot of religious dogma when you get outside of the specialized group that you were living in and grew up in and realize that, oh, wow, you know, the, the people that my church was othering for so long. Really, they're not so bad. In fact, yeah. I happen to like quite a few of them. I think
2: social media is going to help out a lot with that, too, because now they're getting exposure to other groups that they wouldn't have gotten exposure to otherwise and getting to see what it's like. And it's no longer just their community. Now they can literally have friends across the world and, and, guess, and the see their experience.
7: Of, the amount of information mm-hmm. that's available. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to Seth Andrews, the thinking atheist, when he was talking about the movie about uh, Marilyn Madden. uh Madeline, Madeline
4: Murray
7: O'Hare. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> she was 13 and one weekend read the Bible cover to cover and said, well, that's bullshit.
1: But she had,
7: didn't hear the word atheist until she was in working in France when she was 23. And somebody said, well, you're just an atheist. And she went and had to look it up. I don't think I heard the word atheist growing up. I don't think I would have known what it was. So yeah. now all you just Google it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more information available. It's just we had a 1957 Collier's Encyclopedia, you know, and that's what I did my homework with. And if it wasn't in there, it didn't go in the homework. <laughs> and I never thought of looking up the word atheism. I don't think I'd ever heard it. Everyone I knew went to church. I could tell you Jennifer was a Methodist. So-and-so was a Presbyterian. Um, Here are the five Jewish families in town. Hmm. Everybody was something.
2: I mean, I I grew up an atheist and never heard the word atheist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it, it probably wasn't until I was 18, 19 going into the military where someone's like, well, you're just an atheist then, aren't you? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about?
7: I was like,
2: don't call me things. I don't know what are because.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, and well, and it, I mean, beyond even realizing what the word atheist is and coming to identify with it, then it's. Okay, well, now I'm an atheist, but surely I'm the only one or one of very few. Mm. You know, I I had been an open atheist to my friends anyway for years and years before I ever thought about looking up, you know, on Google or online anywhere to see if there were any atheist groups around me. I didn't that wasn't even a concept that I had in my mind that atheists would get together to do things like. That was that and it still seems a little weird to me, <laughs> right, but it was just not even a thought in my head that it was years and years that I spent feeling like I was the only one out there before I just sat at the computer one day and was doing something, and I thought, "Oh, I should Google atheists in Utah and see if there's anything, and you know atheists of Utah popped up and Salt Lake Valley atheists and a couple of other groups, and I was like, Ooh. oh wow, they actually get together and they do shit. Well, what, what would atheists talk about together? Like nothing. I, yeah, it was weird. And and then I had to stalk the groups for a little while to, before I actually had the nerve to go out and go to coffee with any of them or do anything like that.
7: <laughs> Check them out first.
4: Yeah. Uh, we have another question from listener Brandy Hamrick, who says, I'd be interested to know if there was any sort of common thread that she found as she researched women leaving religion behind. What does she see as the driving forces?
7: Ah, that's interesting. Each one was really pretty unique, but a lot of it is just questioning. So, You know, whether you're doing that, mine was kind of on an academic basis by reading books about it, or one of them, a friend of theirs died, Mm
1: -hmm. a young
7: girl, and that was a really turning point. So it could be something that's kind of catastrophic, or it could be just gradually over time questioning each belief until you have nothing left. So each of them, each of them is really different. Three were born, uh, three were born in Europe and were raised more or less secular. Um, Jill, one of my friends uh, grew up in England, and she said, well, the way you give directions in England is it's, you know, you turn it the lucky lab, And then you go down to the the barrel pub and then you go right. And she said she got to the United States and everyone directed her by the church. Oh, turn at the Methodist church and then turn again (laughs) right at the Catholic church. And she said, I don't know where those are. (laughs) So uh, the women, the three who were raised in Europe were kind of more secular to start out. They didn't have very far to go. Let me put it that way.
4: Well, and here in Utah, that would be really difficult because there's one on every corner. Yeah, but they're all LDS churches <laughs> yes. too, right? So it's well, you go down here and you take a right by the LDS church, and it's well, which, which one? one? There are three within a mile <laughs> radius of my house. There's one even halfway between the the <laughs> two on the corner. You should
7: Just number them all. You know, turn at one, uh, turn left at three. You yeah, know, yeah. There
4: well, they're 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 numbered by ward and then by stake, but they don't label. Unless them. you're a member, you wouldn't really know that kind yeah. of stuff, and. Yeah. But yeah, there there are so many LDS churches here. We're we're lousy with LDS churches. There's three yeah, on but my we block. We now have
7: GPS, so it's okay. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's a big help for sure. Absolutely. Uh, listener Taylor Grin wanted to know. He says to add to Brandy Hamrick's question: Given that there are so many more atheist men than women, and religious women than men, how can we better tailor our message and fix our groups to help women out of religion?
7: Well. I think, you know, anytime you have a group that's dominated by one group, you have to be pretty conscious that if you want to change, you have to do it on purpose. And that means when you have a conference, don't have eight men talking, you know, find women. And I'll tell you, if you ever need any help, I will connect anybody with women atheists. Um, And uh, you need to, again, If you want to do a conference and you have a panel, include women in it because they're going to say something different than the men do. Hmm. Um, In leadership positions, maybe you have to go a little further to encourage somebody to be on the board, but we really want you. We really need you. We'd like you to participate. Um, So you may have to go a little out of your way. uh, And, uh, you know, I'm still not really sure why there are more men atheists and women because women have so much more to give up oh yeah i mean it's it's so oppressive when you look at the teachings in the bible and how women are just you know what did somebody say one of the muslim women said something about there's this saying with a a donkey or a dog or what and a woman you know well (laughs) donkey dog or woman that's not exactly right but There's so many more reasons for women to leave religion than men. Um, And the other thing is, you know, it's been hard for me to kind of break out of the atheist community. Um, I'm going to meet with um, a publicist in a week or so. The the atheist community has been incredibly welcoming. I've been accepted everywhere. Somebody introduced me to Dr. Peter Bogosian. Um, who wrote Manual for Creating Atheist and developed the app Atheist? And I ply him with sushi lunches, and then he gives me advice. I'm having lunch with him on Friday. <laughs> but everywhere I've been, people have been really welcoming. But it's kind of hard to get the message out outside the atheist community. And it was interesting listening to Seth's podcast today, where it said, Madel- uh, Madeline realized she couldn't be a nice little girl. And oh gosh, she was on Donahue. She opened the Donahue show, and it took off because she was really controversial and in your face. And uh, when Sally Jesse Raphael came along, Frank Zingler, who was active in American Atheists, got on, and that show took off. So I don't know why today we we don't have more women atheists speaking out. And I I'm there. I'm I'm happy to do it. My dream is to be on Charlie Rose, sitting down calmly across the <laughs> table, talking about atheism and why women should give up religion.
4: Hmm. I think that would be awesome. I'd love to see you on Charlie Rose,
7: or I'd love to debate William Lane Craig about oh. religion. I, I offered, he didn't accept.
3: <laughs> he didn't.
7: I didn't hear from him.
3: Well, that's I funny. I put it out there. He he also wouldn't debate Matt Dillahunty because he wasn't a doctor, but you are, so that shouldn't be a barrier. Oh, I'm,
7: a, I'm a doctor. Maybe he'll debate me. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. They get – there. all of these are, um, are philosophical arguments like, um, you know, uh, and I can't even say them all. Um,
4: like the transcendental argument for God. And... Yeah,
7: yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, the cosmological constant or mm. those kind of things. And I go – you know, it's not about whether there's a God or not. It's why would any women, woman want to believe in Yahweh? Right. You know? right. Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, Martin <laughs> Luther in the Protestant Reformation was a misogynist. He said, well, if women die in childbirth, they did their deed. Uh, that's fine. Oh. And he wrote an article on Jews and their lies and thought the Jews should all be kicked out of town. And, you know, there's just so many things you can bring up that should be disgusting to women, whereas the men were in charge. I mean, they didn't have it that bad, right, with religion. Yeah. So we should have more women. So we need more women writers. We need more women out there and, and speaking out. And, and thank you for having me on your show. That's, that's what I'm here for.
4: No, we were delighted to have you on the show. I, mm. you actually reached out to us initially and through just what one circumstance after another, I, your, your email somehow slipped through the cracks. And then I was going back through and reviewing our emails one day and I was like, holy shit, we had this wonderful <laughs> woman author who wanted to come on the show and sent us an email months ago that, that I didn't even reply to. I feel like a giant asshole right
7: now. Oh, hey, I'm a dog with a bone. I have a spreadsheet that's color-coded. Tonight, tonight you guys are going to turn purple.
1: Because purple yes.
7: means I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> you were pink before, which is pink. It's scheduled and you're interested, but you're going to turn purple tonight.
3: Now, awesome. We're, now we're royal.
7: <laughs> and I've been sharing that with everyone. I don't want somebody else who's a new author to have to go through the work of figuring those all out. <laughs> you know, you want the spreadsheet of atheist blogs, let me know. You want the spreadsheet of atheist podcasts, let me know. I'll share it with you.
4: That would be great. Be awesome. um, before we let you go, would you mind reading a little bit of, a little bit from your book for us?
7: Sure. Um, I picked a couple of things to read. Kind of uh, more about God in general than their own personal experience. So one of them, catastrophic life events occur. People suffer and live in escapable misery. That God may be acting, quote, mysteriously, unquote, or that God may have a, quote, grand plan, unquote, does not negate that in the meantime, God allows horrendous things to happen to human beings. There is no way to minimize or discount these miseries. To me, human human misery is evidence of an arbitrary and random universe, a universe where bad things happen to righteous people, where good things happen to depraved people, where the innocent suffer, where the unexpected and inexplicable govern. A plan, on the other hand, if it existed, would be orderly and logical. A grand plan would be masterful, organized, systematic, and coherent. I do not believe that a loving God would have a grand plan that causes human suffering on such a vast scale. Human misery is evidence of randomness, not of a loving God.
4: I like that. Mm -hmm. That was excellent. Yeah, some plan indeed, right? Mm -hmm.
7: Yeah, here's another one. In writing this memoir, I can reflect that a lot of my spiritual misadventures were based on my trust of others. As a child, I didn't have much say in what to believe. I just followed my family's lead. Once I reached my teens, I was often persuaded by the men I associated with, as many women were during that time in history. If I were born today, I wonder if I would have the courage to say, screw you, to religion much earlier than I did. Alas, I have no time machine to go back and undo my religious upbringing or adult choices. Today, I enjoy the one short life I have, minus the mental shackles of superstition, religion, and gods. And I do believe that people waste a lot of time fretting over the meaning of life. Hey, we're alive. We have just this one precious chance at consciousness. So let's enjoy it and not spend our lives worrying about mystical fairy tales that were created by human beings with the same weaknesses and prejudices we all have inherited.
4: That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think everybody should run out and get your book.
7: (laughs) It is coming out now. It is in... Paperback and Kindle and all the electronic versions and the audiobook version is just about out. So if you really want an audio, check back in a couple of weeks; it should be there.
4: Oh, wonderful! Are you the narrator for the book? No,
2: no,
7: my publisher did it.
2: Oh, okay. So I'm guessing they can find your book on
4: Amazon.com and other places like that. Absolutely. And what else? What else have you got going on? Where else can people find you on the social media?
7: Well, I'm. At Karen underscore Garst on Twitter. My blog is uh, www.faithlessfeminist.com. And I also have a Faithless Feminist page. My marketing guy, when he told me I had to have a blog and all this social media stuff, I couldn't just write a book. He proposed Godless Grandmother. Oh. And I said, not emphasize the age? And uh, he came up with Faithless Feminist.
4: That's excellent. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, the book is Women Beyond Belief, Discovering Life Without Religion. Dr. Garst, you've been a delight to have with us.
7: Oh, it was a pleasure. The pleasure was mine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again so much. Hi, this is Justin Schieber,
2: formerly of the Reasonable Doubts podcast and currently of Real Atheology, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution.
4: The, uh, the God of the Gaps argument has always been used uh, uh, to provide a place for God. The idea is that if uh, science can't explain something, then maybe we need to reintroduce int- God. That's been historically the reason why people even talked about God. God was always an explanation for the things they didn't understand. Now, I don't claim that we understand everything, but we can, we can give a plausible explanation for every question of this sort. Rather than the gaps increasing, as he was Was urging. I I claim that the gaps have pretty much disappeared.
7: You and the godless revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. So,
4: tonight being our last episode of the season, we've decided to just kind of make it a A free for all kickback, chill, uh, chill, chillax.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still get upset here and there, but, uh, a lot less structured than the already low structured shows we have. <laughs> yeah, just chit chatting and stuff yeah. as well as covering stories. But
4: yeah, just just more, a little more rambly than usual. Little, a little less polished, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've never been polished. A little more
2: natural.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, more as far as what we're going to cut and everything is going to be a lot less.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Have, this one will be just very lightly edited. Oh. So watch what I say. So it'll so it'll still sound good, but there'll be fuck-ups. And, you know, usually I go through and I listen to the whole thing. You know, we record it. I go and I listen to the whole thing and I'll cut out some ums and uhs and where we repeat stuff, where we, you know, are, are speaking and we fuck up on something and then we'll have to repeat it, re-record, oh, whatever. We never kind of fuck stuff. up. That'll probably just. End up staying in this episode. <laughs> that'll make my editing time a lot less. It yeah,
3: well Yeah, that's one way we could cut it down.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it seriously takes me at least five hours. At at a minimum, five hours of editing. That's crazy, man. Per show, but this one will be much easier. Yeah, that'll be nice.
3: Much easier.
4: Much easier. <laughs> Sounds like a Wisconsin thing. Oh, it, it is. <laughs> well, let's do some more newsy stuffs. Okay. And here we go. Are we back? We are back. We have a little okay. bit of feedback from from the peoples. Oh. From listeners. That we didn't mention in our opening segment because
3: no. I fucking forgot. Because I went on a 20-minute story about my stupid car. <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> no, because I'm stupid. Like, I make all these notes, right? And then <laughs> I pull up pages in front of the notes mm. and forget that I have all of this other yeah. shit to talk about or mention. Mm. Um, but I appeared as a guest on Jack Maturko's Naked Diner podcast. I know I mentioned that on the show previously, but when I mentioned it, I wasn't sure when he was going to release it, but that is out now. Yep. Uh, it's been available for a couple of weeks and I have neglected to mention it, but I had a great time on Jack's show. He's a very cool guy. It's episode number 65. If you want to check that out, we talked about, um, the Mormon moat. Yeah. And the Zion wall. And living in a very religious red state, as an atheist, and uh, how to not get burned out on atheist activism, and how toxic a lot of things are in the atheist movement right now, and how to how to deal with that kind of stuff. And yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I had a lot of fun. Hmm. So definitely go and check that out. We also learned about all your hidden tattoos. Shh. <laughs> oh. Well it's naked. Nobody's supposed to know about them. That's why they're hidden. But you were naked. <laughs> well, it's the naked diner, so it's kinda had to go with the territory. Um We also got a new review on the iTunes. Thank you very much to Excremento. Who <laughs> 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 Which I fucking love. I love the I love the name. Yeah. I, I believe that's Chris Reed of the Utah Outcasts. Oh. At least if if the following of his Xbox gamer tag is the same. Okay. He goes by Excremento there. Hmm. Uh, but it says, I love Dan, Matt, and Ryan. This is one of Utah's shining examples of podcasts made for this state's counterculture. Thank you very much yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You too, dear listener, can and should go and give us a five star rating out on the iTunes or the Stitchers or wherever else you may be finding the show. We would greatly appreciate that. And we have some feedback. From listener Aaron Burton. Oh, yeah. That's where this whole conversation started. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he sent us a message on Facebook and said, hello, heathens, and that one guy. Oh, that's, uh, that's an old joke, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> of all the topics you've covered, you have changed my opinion on healthcare reform and gun law reform. All right. Implying we have any in the first place the most. My newfound beliefs were solidified when I received two firearms a semi-automatic Ruger 10-22, and an AR-15 for my 18th birthday last week. Hmm. I have removed gun ownership from my mind in recent months as I sort out some mental health issues. You guys have done a lot to help me figure out my own views by changing some of my existing ones and solidifying other opposing views. I'm still not sure where I stand on certain issues, but listening to your podcast reminds me that it is okay to take time before changing my views and that neutrality is always an option. Thanks for everything you do. It's greatly appreciated.
3: Yeah, I'm neutral on everything, so that's perfect. I,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I have no set position on so many things. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, thank you very much for yeah. sending that in, Aaron. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that your beliefs are that you're open to changing your beliefs on things.
3: Dude, yeah, and you know, I you know, you, you're probably tired of hearing this, but you are still pretty young. You know, you just turned eighteen. Things will change, you know, things will, as you, and it's good to see that, you know, at least in this message that you agree with us on some things and we've solidified some opposing views for you, which is also good. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just to know where you stand is is a good thing. And that's, that's going to continue for the rest of your life, but you'll get, you'll get to a place where you have a bigger platform of, of views that you know, you hold, um, as you get a little older. I mean, I guarantee you there are views I held when I was. 18,
2: 19, and 20 that have completely changed over time.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, Just... you only know three things, <laughs> you know, when you're yeah. 18. So, oh. you know, I mean. That- I thought you meant now because I, to- I totally at least know four. Well, yeah. But that's because you're 30. <laughs> True.
4: You, you've had those other 12 years to develop. <laughs> that, that one additional thing. That's like 50% that was of hard. your life. It was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: things develop. Way slower
4: now. Yeah. No, I was, I was thinking about this earlier today. That you know, I'm I'm 43. It's because I, when I updated my profile picture, yeah, one of my friends made a comment and said, "You look so young." And I thought, well, how how do I look normally? I mean, yeah, how do I look normally? And then not exactly old, am I? I mean, we kind of joke that I'm the oldest one here. Clearly, but I don't know. 43 isn't old, is it? Is that old now? No. When I'm 15, yeah,
2: 43 was old.
4: Yeah. Well, and I thought, well, I'm only seven years away from 50. Fifty's kind of old. It's old-ish. Well, do you view people who are 50 as being old? When I was 30, I did. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm creeping up on 50, I'm like, maybe they're not quite so old. See, age is relative, just like gravity. Well, then well, I thought, it's too. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I thought, too, like, I can remember. So I'm 43 now. And the the other thing that made me think about this is that I was arguing with people online about the death penalty today. Yeah, because of all of Arkansas's shit that they've got going on, mm. where they wanted to do like you know
2: two a day executions uh, yes, for the next mm-hmm. little while. <laughs> They're gonna stop. It's like a fire sale. Like, hey, we're we're no longer able to sell this. Let's use it all up. Gotta kill them while we can.
4: Mm-hmm. But they, but that was struck down by the courts and whatever. And so somebody had posted in one of my, in in one of the uh, Facebook groups that I'm, that I'm in, uh, talking about, you know, what are your views on the death penalty? And they posted a poll and, you know, it was totally against it, totally in favor, ambivalent, you know, whatever other answers people put in there. And then there was the big discussion. And, uh, and then there was the big discussion. And so I, you know, made some comments in there. And, it struck me that a lot of the younger people who were commenting—and I say younger—I'm I'm guessing they're early to mid twenties—and mm-hmm. a lot of them are just so fucking bloodthirsty. It, it was it's, shocking to me that they're like, "Yeah, fucking kill them all, and let's not stop at murderers. Let's also kill, you know, child molesters and rapists." And I'm like, "Okay, well, that's, that's a terribly unfortunate so- thing for <laughs> the terribly unfortunate for view for you to hold." Can you explain why? And blah, blah, blah. But I, but it made me think that, so I'm 43 now and I feel so much wiser than I, looking back at the, the views I had when I was even 30, 35, you know, that I've learned so much and feel like I've matured so much and grown so much in what I, what I know and what I've learned over that time and how my views have shifted and changed and that. It seems like every time I look back at, at my life and the things that I used to believe that, you know, I can look at something as, as you know, as recent as 10 years ago and go, man, I was pretty fucking stupid and naive yeah. back then. Yeah, and so that's when I was 30, you know. Yeah, it's
3: like every couple of years you look back and realize what an idiot you were a couple of years ago. Right.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, well, what is it today? You know, what is it about what I believe today that I'll look back on and go, man, I was a fucking jackass. <laughs> mm-hmm. What an idiot asshole I was to think that.
1: Hm.
4: I don't know. I th- yeah. I mean I of course I think my views have gotten progressively progressive. Mhm. And more I don't know, more more nice, more accommodating like People are people, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody fucks up and does stupid shit, and
3: I bet you'll look back well, and wonder why. I'm a lot less you, you thought ways. cargo shorts were cool? I bet that's <laughs> what. It, I bet that's what it'll be. Hey,
4: man, I ordered a bunch of these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what about
2: cargo pants?
3: Uh, you're not wearing them. Cargo well, not pants right now. are the worst.
4: Well, Unless you're I, camping.
2: Well, when I'm camping or if I'm working on like a film project, I usually like to wear cargo pants because that way yeah. I can throw hold your cargo tape or tools. What in other kind pockets. of shorts
4: are there? That's a good oh question. God. Cargo uh, shorts are it, man. Cargo yeah. shorts and swim trunks. That's Those are like the two kinds of well, short pants, right? Short shorts. <laughs> short pants. Uh, yeah. Isn't it? What what? Else? Well, then you got... Jorts. Jorts, yeah. Well, they're those sailor awesome. shorts. What are sailor shorts?
2: I don't know. Sailors apparently have special shoes and shorts
4: and pants. Oh, those aren't those just like the white flat front just... I don't know. Like
2: I've never sailed. Mid, I just hear they got special clothes.
3: Oh. <laughs> I just wear like normal shorts, what, what not are, like swim shorts, not cargo shorts, What do just they look normal like? fucking shorts. What do they look like? I just what don't wear shorts. They're all different. Some <laughs> have like different designs on them. Some are more plain. So
4: it's like, whole, the, they're like the bottoms of like Hawaiian shirts. I just drew on my cargo shorts <laughs> on accident.
3: Good thing it's not a permanent pen.
4: No, like no. Do you different colors and patterns. Oh, that's 80s. Oh, uh, well,
3: I forgot colors isn't really, but
4: <laughs> yeah, it's
3: not, is really this? are, are you me. asking me seriously? Or are you trying to lead into a joke because <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: no, my fashion sense is a joke. I'm, I'm asking <laughs> has about... been tonight. <laughs> I'm no, like to for me, like cargo shorts are it cargo shorts and swim trunks.
3: That's... Yeah, they actually suit you. It's fine. It's not, yeah. it's not a big deal.
4: They're they're great, man. You got tons of pockets for shit. Yeah. I'll take them golfing. Put beers in them. Yeah. Beers, my phone, golf balls, gloves, all yeah. that shit. Yeah. It's better. Yeah, it's very utilitarian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And very 95. <laughs>
4: hey. Yeah. They're still making them.
2: These <laughs> were made, like, very recently. Well, they still make mom jeans, too, but.
4: They're coming back in style.
2: Uh, true. <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of younger uh, women wearing the. 70s-style uh, mom, yeah. mom jeans. Pulled up, yeah. really.
4: Mm-hmm. They look awful, I think, but I wear cargo shorts, so what the <laughs> fuck do I know? <laughs> and I skip shorts altogether.
2: <laughs> you don't ever wear shorts? No. Why?
1: Hmm.
2: Ugly fucking legs. Oh. What? Plus, I tattooed myself, so those don't look very good. Oh, you tattooed your own? Oh, I
4: think you showed us your yeah. tattooed legs before. Yeah. Maybe camping with you one time?
2: Show well, uh, when we went I think we went on the boat, I think i I put uh, swim trunks on so I could jump in the water. Oh, so that's about the only time I wear shorts is for swimming or if I'm going to the gym
4: i think that I think that is when i when I saw your self tattoos yeah <laughs> uh, those are your you have hidden tattoos. well, you saw them How were they hidden most of the time?
2: well yeah, but half most of my tattoos are hidden most of the time. I don't come over here naked. Are you sure? Well, I haven't taken ambient here
4: yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have some news stories. This one was sent in to us from listener Brandy. It is a story set in Arizona. Arizona state rep gave a godless invocation, so her colleague said a Christian prayer to correct her. Which fucking pisses me off. Cause this has happened before. This comes to us not only from uh, lovely listener Brandy, but... Uh, this was published out on the Friendly Atheist blog. It says that back in 2013, Arizona Rep. Arizona State Rep Juan Mendez delivered an atheist invocation to the house in which he urged his colleagues to not bow their heads, look around at the, at the men and women in the room working to make lives better for the people in their state, and root their policy-making process in these values that are relevant to all Arizonans, regardless of religious belief or non-belief. Mm-hmm. Pretty harmless stuff all around. Yeah. But the day after he gave that invocation, Republican State Rep Steve Smith lashed out against Mendez. He said if Mendez did not want to offer a prayer, he should have skipped his turn in what had traditionally been a rotating, in what had been a rotation among members.
3: I feel it coming.
4: And to make up for that lack, Smith insisted Wednesday on offering a prayer, actually the second for the day. For repentance of yesterday, asking asking, asked asked colleagues. (laughs) I think it's a typo. I'm guessing it means to say he asked colleagues to stand and give our due
3: respect to the creator of the universe. Oh, God. Fuck you, Steve. (laughs) 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 Well, but I mean, it's also that, like, you know, he's saying, well, if you didn't want to say a prayer, you should have got out of line and let the other people take their you shouldn't be having prayers in the first fucking place okay so you're breaking the rules and this person is actually still accommodating you by having a prayer even though it doesn't recognize the creator of
1: the universe
3: (laughs) you sound like dan
4: morris there i'm sorry (laughs) dr dan morris god this is gonna go on forever
2: (laughs) We should get we should get well, stew over there. To kick I mean, their ass. we'll
4: we'll talk about it on several different shows, and then you know, next month <laughs> or know where this is or, or in June when they release their next episode, we may if they make it a reply if from they've them. They've heard it by then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the story continues and says, "Let me say that again because it's batshit insane." Smith was so angry that a humanist delivered an invocation that he delivered a second Christian prayer. The next day to make up for what mendez did mm-hmm. how dare mendez because dear. god's keeping score oh
3: does smith have the power to do that i mean
4: apparently well, he's he a republican was, he, he
3: did it well what i'm saying is in the theology you know like does does that work can you just cast- oh to just wipe out the- yeah can you cast another spell apparently on somebody no. and then it because then if you can then please do that to the entire earth and make everything better yeah. You know, I mean otherwise it doesn't work and shut your fucking stupid mouth.
2: Well d- demon demon casting out spells only has a certain
3: time length that oh, works. Karen for. is gonna be so mad. And uh, <laughs> and range. <laughs> Oh, it's got a limited... It's uh, got a
2: limited range on it.
3: Well, they need to fucking get off the Wi-Fi. Well, Well, they they, they can't have a limited range because, well... Yeah, how far is the creator of the universe (laughs) away from
4: everybody? That's why they have (laughs) prayer
2: groups to help someone in the hospital because it increases the range of the prayer to reach the hospital. Oh, like like amplifying. amplifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They get in a circle and they start chanting and they
4: sacrifice a a lamb. Well, you, Hmm. I think I've mentioned it before, but you would think that they could... Get together uh, a determined number of people to all say the same prayer that basically would just say, make everything good and everybody happy. No more natural catastrophes, no more cancer, no more wars. Right. And they would only have to do it one time. Like, does God forget? Well, is he just like playing marbles with the other planets and other galaxies? And he's like, "Oh fuck! Oh shit! Yeah, man! I forgot. Uh, there's going to be an earthquake next Thursday. Sarah's totally like catching some sweet waves. Well, and, uh, <laughs> surfer stoner <laughs> god.
2: Those are all because of the Facebook likes. Oh. He, didn't, he didn't get a million, so fuck you. Here's a hurricane. <laughs> mm. What about before Facebook? What was the excuse? We didn't have Facebook. Oh. You are brilliant. Yeah, he said fuck you for not creating Facebook to worship me like the fucking god I am. I'm going to fuck you up with a tornado today.
3: This seriously has as much internal consistency as what they really fucking believe.
4: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, prayer never made any sense to me even when I was you know, kind of a quasi believer, like it just
3: didn't fucking make sense. Right. Yeah. And and this guy, who I assume is an adult, uh thinks it's so fucking powerful that he can just override the atheist Prayer yeah. or whatever with his own, Redo- s- with he's, his own he's, spell. Yeah. He's
2: resetting the previous day with his spell.
1: hmm
2: uh, Well, well. Y- we talked about it, what, three, three, four weeks ago when the witches were outside of the White House doing their things. And then the other Christians came in there with their mirrors and, like, saying, I rebuke you. And, <laughs> and, and like, for some reason, their, their pocket makeup mirror would throw the curse back at them. <laughs> I was born of rubber. And you are born of yeah. glue, Whatever you pray. I mean, these are the <laughs> ultimate. Uh, what what is it? Uh, uh, Role playing people that then they go and then they throw like, lightning bolts. Yeah, larpers. Bible larpers. Yeah, LARPers. yeah
3: we've
4: bible larp. Yeah. Matt's mentioned bible larping before. That's all it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they even got their book of codes. They got to got to use to to rebuke these things and what It's their rule book.
0: <laughs> lightning bolt. <laughs> <Yeah>. Lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We, we, okay, we got to do it this summer. I like making videos. We are so gonna get people together, and we're gonna make a LARPing video based on a Bible LARP game.
1: <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
2: yeah.
4: that would Demons be versus angels. <laughs> That'd be fun. We could do that at the. We could do that during the camping trip if you're gonna go. When was that? It's. I might be getting
2: my sleeve done then. I'd have to look at the because it's, it's usually around the last weekend in July, right? Juneish. Is it June? Or um,
4: yeah, I think it is last week in July.
2: Cause that's usually because I got my tattoo scheduled for that last mm. Saturday in July. Mm. But my last inking. Ah. of the whole eighteen-hour process.
4: Not not doing your legs so that you can wear shorts. You're doing you're doing finishing my your my arm. whole
2: right arm is going to be covered then. Oh. So completing <laughs> <laughs> the sleeve. Yeah, it'll be a painful week. <laughs> I'm getting the entire thing done in three sittings, all in the same week. Hmm. <whistles> mm. Lots of ink. Yeah, three six-hour sessions. Wow. Two of them in a row. And you've already got that booked. Already booked. Well, the guy was already, he's coming in from Miami to do tattoos in Utah for a little while. So he was already quite booked and he only had so many days left where he could fit in a full sleeve tattoo. hmm So.
4: Mm. How long does it take him to do a tramp stamp? Um, <laughs> about 15 I mean, minutes. the last time you got one, how long? <laughs> oh, well, 15 minutes. <laughs> okay.
3: Because yeah. it's just a couple words or... Those butterflies look really good for that short amount of time. I thought they were
2: fairies. Oh. Well, no, but the word, the, the lettering was what takes the time. Oh, because it's a lot more
4: precise. I it mean, is. You don't want to have squiggly lines. Yeah. And wings, you know, they move and shit, so... Yeah. They don't have to be as uniform.
2: And, and when he wanted it to say, enjoy the ride, you really want it to be written out well. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy who actually had that done. Oh, and he's not gay. <laughs> And we were like, why did you get Enjoy the Ride tattooed on your lower back? Like, well, because I like to go, like, it's a motorcycle thing and, like, surfing and stuff. I'm like, it's uh-huh. on your lower back Uh-huh. where if someone could really who's, read it well, if, see
4: <laughs> if, if, if you're, you, you is there know. Is something you need to tell us? I mean, no, we're, was... we're open-minded, man. Come on. Just, you can, you can. It, this is a safe space. Nice.
3: No, so, like, the joke is that he takes really big poops or what is it? What do you mean? <laughs> what are you guys talking about?
2: Well, <laughs> If I keep going it's going to get really
3: offensive. Oh, <laughs> uh, Karen is going to hate us after this. And Dude. and this is like worse than normal too. <laughs> worse than this a normal show. Than,
4: we're typically we're awful, but this is worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's
2: get on with this yeah. horrible fiasco. Okay. No, I wonder I wonder if the video is, is her is is uh, the the his thing rebuking the previous days or if it's the previous days in the video.
4: I don't know. There, There's still a little bit of text in here. Yeah. Um. It says, imagine if a Muslim American politician tried to correct his Christian colleague the mm. same way. Mm-hmm. And you get a sense of how much of a dick move that was. But respect aside, Smith's argument was essentially that all invocations had to be religious ones, specifically Christian ones. It's that mentality that Mendez was trying to push back against. Has, yeah.
3: has Smith not been around long enough, like in the last six months in Arizona to know that that's fucking not Whoa. the way it should be done? God, they have this problem every, like, I don't know, every few months or a couple of years, right? Well, this was, yeah. a,
4: this was a while ago with Mendez. Right. Um, yeah, that was in 2013 with, oh, okay. with Mendez. Right. And he actually came out to the American, <clears throat> to the, uh, Mm -hmm. Atheists Convention in D.C. and spoke. Um, But it's happened again. Yesterday, state rep Athena Salmon delivered a godless invocation of her own. Salmon, as readers may recall, is the openly atheist candidate who ran to replace Mendez when he campaigned for a seat in the state senate. Both won their races. Yay! Her invocation was really wonderful, too. It was written by James Avery Fuchs who works with the Humanist Society of Greater Phoenix. We're going
3: we're gonna to play some but, of that now. But, but I, wish, I wish these fucking thick-skulled Christians would just understand that if you get rid of it, this doesn't happen. It gets rid of the problem. You don't have to cast your fucking stupid spells, and they don't have to do a godless invocation. You just get on with the goddamn work you're there to do in the first fucking place.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't waste your time with all of this other nonsense. But if they don't cast a spell, the demon's going to come in and make bad laws. Then do it at
2: home
3: or on your way to work. Say a prayer in your car the whole way to the fucking state building. But then everyone else won't know how godly you are.
4: Jiggle your rosary beads in your pocket.
2: (laughs) That's not the rosary beads he's jiggling.
4: (laughs) Oh, Jesus, that's a 17-minute video. I don't want to play a 17-minute video. (laughs) Did you do a 17-minute invocation? I don't know, but I'm not playing 17 minutes of that. Uh, I'll read some more text. It says, take a moment to look around (laughs) you. Yeah, that'll be way better. (laughs) Take a moment to look around you at the people gathered here today. We come from a variety of backgrounds and interests, but the passion that ignites us, the fire that burns within us, is similar. We all seek to form a more perfect union, creating change from an abiding passion to improve the lives of the humans of this city. There is wonder in that. More importantly, though, there is unity. In a nation often eager to be polarized in its views, allow us in this moment to... recognize what we have in common a deep-seated need to help create a more just and positive world as we speak today remember that common remember that commonality remember the humanity that resides within each and every person here and each and every person in the city and in all people in the nation and world as a whole in the words of former president of Illinois Wesleyan University My, minor myers junior go forth and do well but even more Go forth and do good. Thank
3: you. Very well said. What's to object about that?
4: Sounds like a lovely
2: um, invocation. She didn't ask Jeebus for any help in there.
3: Hmm.
4: Yes. She clearly misspelled the word God at the end and used the word good. good. <laughs> so we have to do a do over. Yeah. And get Jesus's name in there as well. Because if Jesus's name isn't in there. And you've already replaced God with good. Well, that's no good, even though
3: it says good, but we got to change it so it's better. So go forth and do God. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
4: That's a beautiful speech. And once again, there's nothing offensive in it. If you didn't know the source, you wouldn't even be able to tell it was delivered by an atheist. Yet it somehow offended a Republican.
3: Weird, right?
4: You know what? A Republican being an offended. We're
3: doing too much placating. We're doing too much placating already. Someone needs to get up there and say, There's no God. This is all bullshit. We're not we're not doing one of your stupid prayers today. We're doing one of ours, which is just to say, <laughs> hey, let's be nice to each other. Let's give them something to be fucking offended about. If, they, if they, they, They're constantly looking for stuff because the problem is we're being so nice to them already and we're basically giving them a Christian prayer without the specific words and they're throwing a fucking fit about it. Let's really make it an atheist prayer. See what happens then. You guys have wasted how many hours over the last how many
4: times that we've gotten together for this invocation You've wasted all that time and taxpayer resources praying to a non-existent being who, even if it existed, clearly does not give a shit about what the yeah, fuck it's we're doing not here.
3: Working. <laughs>
4: and end it with an all hail Sagan. How many how <laughs> many Christian prayers will it take to actually heal the world? Right. How long will it take? You've had two thousand fucking years. Yeah. yeah. Because remembering other people's humanity and doing good and creating a more just and positive world go against this party's principles, mm-hmm. though that's not the excuse he gave. Sure. Salmon's invocation didn't strike Representative Mark Fincham, <laughs> Republican of Oro Valley, as a real prayer. Oh, okay. And apparently it doesn't fit with House rules. Fincham mm. sought and was given permission to offer his own invocation. He invoked Jesus. Afterwards, House Majority Leader John Allen, Republican from Scottsdale, reminded the 60 lawmakers that he had issued guidance earlier this year on prayers. They should be short, accompanied by an interpretation if delivered in another language, and must invoke a higher power. Fuck you. How is that okay? Hmm. If If a lawmaker has no personal investment in a higher power, Allen said... Ask the members to focus on theirs. I know it's difficult to understand, but a prayer should be a, to a higher power, said well, Alan. A prayer it's...
5: should be to a higher power.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Who said he is a Christian? Shocker. Yeah, imagine that.
4: If you don't want to pray, <laughs> don't sign up for the prayer. Even oh, if that's God. the rule, the fact that it automatically excludes atheists from delivering an invocation unless they ask other people to pray to God... Reeks of Christian privilege.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: As if the religious right would ever be okay with the government telling Christians to focus on the religious beliefs of Muslims during their own invocations. Right. Kudos to Salman's colleagues who stood up for her on the House floor and denounced Fincham's Christ splaining. <laughs> 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 and if you watch the end of that video, Salman stands up and says that she absolutely addressed her prayers to a higher power. Goodness and humanity is a higher power to me. Nice. Boom. When Salman asked House Speaker J.D. Mesnerd if she violated the rules, he said that she did. I believe you didn't do the prayer. What? That was the
3: answer? I believe you didn't do the prayer? What is the prayer? That's what a fucking House Speaker said? You didn't do the prayer. The prayer. I believe you didn't do the prayer. Yeah. <sighs> J.D.
4: Mesnerd. As of this writing, Salman hasn't released a statement, but Juan Juan Mendez has via email. This is now the fifth year in a row that a non-theist has given an opening prayer in the Arizona House of Representatives, and the fifth year that Republicans have been openly hostile to those voices. This is a clear example of religious oppression and an attempt to deny non-theistic Arizonans a place at the table. Mm Mm-hmm. The Republican leadership's response to Representative Salmon's prayer, a beautiful invocation written by a written by a young trans man who belongs to my humanist community, is discrimination. Religious liberty has to be extended to everyone, even those of us who belong to the secular community.
3: Yeah, whether you agree with the views or not, that is the crux of freedom. The Secular Coalition for Arizona and Spectrum
4: Experience, a consulting firm, plan to hold a press conference tomorrow morning outside the state capitol where they, along with many faith and non-faith leaders in the community, will read the rule-breaking prayer Salmon delivered this week.
1: Hmm.
4: The rule-breaking prayer Salmon delivered this week, sorry. You can get the details by clicking on this link that I'm pointing <laughs> at on the screen. <laughs> it says right here, Dan. <laughs> So go there and get more details on it.
2: Huh. It's, it's on our Facebook page.
4: I think you're absolutely right, though, man. Why Why don't, Why don't? doesn't somebody, instead of trying to deliver a flowery thing that's like, see, we, I can I, I can deliver a nice little speech that makes everybody happy, too. Why are you wasting your time doing that at all? What it, I think it would be awesome if somebody got up there and just said, you know what? We've wasted I don't know how many man hours. Mm-hmm. Or people hours mm-hmm. <laughs> doing this bullshit at the start of each legislative session. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't done a goddamn thing. Yep. yep. Because
3: there is no fucking God in your hell, yep. stupid. It's helped us zero so far. Yeah. So, you know, to, to keep holding these Christian prayers. And you know what, Mr. Speaker? I don't believe you prayed right. <laughs> I don't think
2: so either. He still looks ugly.
3: Yeah. And it's still not fucking working. No. <laughs> That was
2: that was insensitive with me. He might not be ugly. I don't know. I didn't even see him.
3: Oh, that's a mirror.
2: Yeah, so he's beautiful. <laughs> Why, did you... <laughs> Why did you look at this? Sc-
1: I was like, Oh, what? that's a
4: mirror. Oh, where? Huh? <laughs> it's like, what did we? <laughs> I thought that was his name was Amir. Oh, Amir? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much for sending that in to us, Brandy. We appreciate it very much. It only took us 45 minutes to get
3: through because we just bullshitted <laughs> the whole story. But yes, thank you. Oh, very much. Oh, very much.
7: Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The sci and if you've really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. The next rant will start right after this.
2: I, I just... not think
4: it's so... It's so simple, and then you're overthinking it. I just... Think it was hilarious that I was that I was like fucking I was totally fucking around with you like, <laughs> what's forty seven minus twenty five and
2: I was like i like let's go with the quickest answer I can think <laughs> I'm like it's twenty
3: something it's like it's really close I mean if you were doing something you just had to kind of get a r- close estimate you'd have been
2: which is usually what yeah. my job is I just gotta get close
3: yeah yeah you're
4: you're just aiming hoses at. Hot stuff. Well, we got to do the our- The stuff our, on the hot
3: stuff. Our, yeah.
2: our, our, our mental equations in our head going, well, we got this diameter hose and it's this length. Yeah. So that means uh, and we're going up a hill and we got this kind of appliance on there. and This is the nozzle I have on there. So the friction loss from here to there is going to be this. So I need to give them this much pressure at the pump to get them this much water and gallons at the end of the nozzle. So we just got to do all that mentally in about 10 seconds.
4: I didn't realize that any of that was involved before oh, yeah. fighting. Like, so
2: our inch and three quarter hose that we use that are normally entering into buildings and stuff. My hose is about an inch and three quarters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, for every hundred feet of hose, <laughs> we usually figure it's on average, it's 15 uh, PSI is lost just traveling a hundred feet. So if you, got a, if you got 200 feet of that hose and out there. And that's just due to friction in the hose That's itself? just due to friction in the hose itself.
4: Wow. So at 200. And that, is that just on a, that's just flat. Just laying flat on the ground. Okay. So, so it figure, doesn't matter, incline doesn't- Well, that's, to...
2: then you got to figure that out. Okay. So if you got 200 feet of hose out, you're figuring, okay, that's 30, 30 PSI of friction loss right there. Hmm. Then depending on what kind of nozzle you got on there, if it's really restrictive, it's, if it's really open, that's another 5 or 10 PSI there. Then for every level or flight of stairs you're going up or for every 10 feet of incline, it's another 10 PSI.
4: That so you're either dropping or gaining?
2: Then you got to raise it. So if they're going up- Mm -hmm. you're losing another 10 PSI. So you got to crank up another 10 PSI for every floor you're going up. But then if you're going into a standpipe into the building, which goes up to all the levels, that's a different pressure you got to pump into that at. And then depending on what kind of hose they bring in there with the appliance to hook it up to, you got to figure out the friction loss for all that. Hmm. Or
4: after taking, I out. had no idea you guys did any oh, of yeah, that. I thought it was just no pull hose off truck, aim at hot stuff. No, it's there's a lot of like math Matt to it. Said,
2: put the wet stuff on the. Hot I mean, because there's all the mathematical equations. You take the the, the square footage of the room huh. uh, and divide it by two, and that's the that's the amount of uh, gallons per minute you need in a residential space to put the fire out correctly. Hmm. So depending on the size of the building, it's going to depend on the size of the hose you bring in, or how many hoses you bring in to put the amount of gallons of water you need. So if you got a really large building, I'm like, well, that truck there can only put out 1,200 gallons per minute. Plus, we've got to figure out how much water we're taking in from the hydrant to know, hey, can we even get out 1,200 gallons per minute? So we might need to get a second fire truck in here on the second hydrant loop so we're not both stealing water from each other to be able to get enough water in there.
4: I had no idea that any of that came oh, into yeah. account at all. That's like
2: most of my job is figuring out, okay, how much? what do I need to set this at in this truck? Then it's figuring out, okay, how many, homes, how many lines do I got going off the truck, and can I
3: supply another operation? Well, you've been real good with numbers on the show so far, so.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't blown up a pump yet. <laughs> that's, that's good. Well, because if, you, if you're putting out more water than you're taking in, mm-hmm. you can uh, cavitate your pump. So if you start sucking- That sounds
4: pretty serious. It, <laughs> yeah, it's
2: pretty much taking the pump and going, <laughs> collapsing it. How,
3: you're, how much cr- I does that take?
2: Uh, Not a lot. <laughs>
3: Welcome back to Fire Chat with yeah. Matt, Dan, and Ryan.
2: Well, because the pump needs water to run. And if your hydrant is is not giving you enough water to take in and you're putting out more, you're going to start sucking air through the line because the hydrant isn't keeping up with the, your demand. Mm-hmm. So you'll start getting air introduced into the pump. If you keep doing that, pump doesn't like air. It mm-hmm. likes water. And it'll cavitate the pump. It'll actually like implode itself.
4: And that's if it has air in
2: it? If, it has, if you're sucking air in, you'll implode the pump. Where would you be vacuum. sucking
4: air into it, though? Through the water line.
3: Through the... <laughs> Let's not have any more follow-up questions.
2: Okay, so- It's <laughs> already been 30 minutes. <laughs> so you're, you're hooked into the hydrant. Uh-huh. Hydrants can only give you so much water. If you're sucking more water out of that hydrant than it can give you, there's only so much water there.
4: It's so like if you're well, sucking- But, where, but where, do, where does the air come you're from? Draining the, you're draining the hydrant. Isn't there, aren't there pipes that go to the hydrant though? Like, I mean, it's yeah, a closed well system, right? It, so It, not technically. Like if you're, it's got a water tower, it's got
2: to let air out while you're pulling stuff in. It's like a, if you're I'm trying to think of how to explain so it. So
4: like, like if you put a milk jug upside down and you're just sucking water out, yeah. there's no way to get air replaced to replace the volume of water that's yeah. left.
2: Okay. That's the thing is so the, like the, wherever your water source is. And so that's why your
4: pump would collapse. That's why your pump would collapse because
2: you it just builds up the
4: negative pressure and
2: because wherever your water source is, isn't able to feed that hydrant with enough water to keep up with how much you're sucking out. So eventually it's going to introduce air into the system. Hmm. This is all cool shit, man. I had no idea. And air does not go well with fire trucks. Like most everything on there has air bleeders. So you open it up until air stops bleeding out, then you close it and then you let the water in.
4: Hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I had no idea that any of that happened.
2: Yeah, we're not just dumb guys pulling lines off of there, going (laughs) all John Wayne into a
3: building, burning building. (laughs) So you guys
4: are sexy and smart. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I was going to say, you're not merely that, but you are that sort of. I mean, there is an element of that in Firefighters, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think people see the
2: movie side of it and then don't see, like, if the building's on fire and there's nobody inside of it, and they're like, we're not going to go in and kill ourselves.
4: So... Is it true that all firefighters smoke? Like that's a big. That's a big. Oh yeah, like when I
2: like stereotype. They had a smoking room at the fire department at Hill before I got there. Oh yeah, like ninety percent of the department smoked. They Mm -hmm. had they had a hookah lounge in Dugway, (laughs) in the station. The fire station (laughs) had a hookah lounge. Hmm. Now, with going through physicals and being healthier and realizing, oh, shit, everything gives us cancer. Why have one more thing give us cancer? Yeah. Most people in departments have quit. I think at Hill, I mean, at Dugway, there's only like three guys in the whole department that smoke. At Dugway? Yeah.
4: Hmm.
2: There's also only 25 guys in the department. (laughs) but That's
3: like 20%. One of them's a chief, so he doesn't actually do anything.
2: But yeah, it is close. It's a little more than 20. It's about 23%. Oh. <laughs> Are we recording this for the show? No. Uh-huh. I'm
4: going to include all that shit. That's, that's, that's education. That's educational. Ah.
3: Thanks for listening. Now back to the show.
4: You guys want to do Kevin Swanson? Mm, sure. We got Kevin Swanson. We got Robert McGinnis, Rick Wiles. Sue Swanson. Swanson? Okay. This one's pretty ragey. Yeah, he's, well, he's, I mean, he's just, a. he- He's
3: just so insane.
4: Well, I think that it's almost like he, like, he's so far crazy on some of this stuff that- it's. It seems like he's pretty obviously covering up for some things that he may be dealing with himself. But in this one, he says, the pastors who have gay children must resign. You can't have gay kids. And be a pastor, hmm. because that reflects negative. What? What does it have to do with anything? I'm curious to know why he would say that. Hmm. Oh, this is
3: SoundCloud, so we gotta wait. So, what if? What if you're an atheist and you have Christian ch- ki- kids? Could you be a pastor then? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. That is a very good question. I mean, if that's all
2: that matters, only if the kids stone you to death, though for being an atheist. Right.
3: Well, if they if they don't Is that biblical?
2: It is now. Um as we know, you can just make shit up in the Bible.
3: Oh, okay. They
2: did. Why can't I? Right. Wrong. True. Wrong? Mm, probably wrong. No, true. <laughs> it sounds right to me.
4: <clears throat> I'm trying to find that goddamn clip Yeah, I from... see uh
2: Kevin, well, he's got a lot of stuff on
0: there. I wouldn't
4: find the word gay, but it, Oh, there it gay. is.
0: Yeah. There it is. Let's see what he says. Here's an article making the rounds, Bill, especially on homosexual sites right now. There's a pastor in North Carolina has come out and said, if I have gay kids, Man, this is hot. how I'm going to deal with it. No. Now, as I'm reading the article, it's the very first thing essay. I note, Okay, these are he needs this a is yes, a young pastor. Yeah. He's got two young children. See the picture of his family there on the blog. And he says, if my kids come out of the closet, this is what I promise to do if they turn out to be gay. And as I read the article, the first thing I'm looking for is sackcloth and ashes. I mean
4: <laughs> Remember when he said that he would cover mm-hmm, himself in sackcloth, yeah.
0: sackcloth and ashes?
4: What an asshole. Yeah, he needs he needs a DSer on that shit. Better microphone, a little less hot. He need he needs somebody like Ryan controlling how his
0: shit H- sounds. Hell yeah. Tearing of the clothes, crying out to God for mercy, uh, repentance himself as is as if there's, or maybe just
4: not hit the s's so fucking hard for every fucking thing that he says. Maybe yeah, he really. has s- a lisp. Maybe he has a lisp. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I mean it doesn't really sound like a lisp so much as just wait. That he was overcompensating s- for, so now he just. <laughs> well, if it is a lisp, it's not a it's not a th lisp. No,
3: yeah, he, he sounds s- like he sounds like ka.
4: Like Ka? What's Ka? Uh-huh. Kahn?
3: I hope I said oh. that right. Wasn't Ka the Python and Jungle Book? Is that the name of the. Ka? K A A, right? Isn't it? Something like that? It
4: is something like that. I don't know if Ka is right, though. I, I think it either. is. Well. Anyway. We can Google it. Yeah, we could. Well, all right, I'll fucking Google it. Let's see. Because uh, this is a see, kickback episode. Yeah.
2: This, is, this, is what, this is why we get off on Snake tangents. In
4: jungle <laughs> Book.
8: Ka. Ka. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh huh.
3: Hence why I pushed for Googling. <laughs> I love when that happens. <laughs> we could see if I'm right,
4: because I know I am. Uh huh. That's how that works with Matt. Uh, where, now where did yeah, I right, right there. There it there is. There we go. All right.
0: Something wrong with us, as if there's something wrong with us corporately, first of all, as if maybe there's something wrong with our entire society, as if maybe there's something terribly wrong with our church as if there's something maybe terribly wrong with our family, something terribly wrong in the generations of our family, something terribly wrong in me. Not even a clue that there may be something very, very wrong with this pastor himself. He doesn't start with himself. He doesn't see himself to be a sinner before God. Wow. Not- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like he got possessed for a second. Yeah, there. that got intense quick. He doesn't start with himself. He was yeah.
0: Not on his face before God crying out tearing his clothes sackcloth and ashes saying god have mercy on us what has happened to us god you have turned us over to your judgment
4: <laughs> It sounds like he's doing a dramatic reading it of, does I'm yeah. a crazy person Yeah, I, he sounds
3: I, like I, a lunatic. I almost feel
4: like he's got a hand puppet he's
2: letting do in the talking right now.
4: <laughs> now Mr. Hand relax calm, calm down. It's not that
0: important. <laughs> What have you done? Why have you done this? What have we done? What have we become? God, our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. God, have mercy on us sinners. This is what I don't find in these articles. Wow. <laughs> he's, he's
2: pretty special in this one. He's, I, I'm really thinking he has some other underlining issues besides his S's. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. There's, and, and religion. There's something else there.
4: No, clearly I'm no clinical psychologist or psychiatrist, but I would guess that this guy has got some real issues. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, some mental health stuff. And Bill, for this reason, I have very little hope for the Pharisees that make up a society that see themselves to be just fine. Thank you very much. Just fine. This is one of the most Pharisaical articles I think I've ever read in my
2: Pharisaical. Yeah. He he (laughs) almost, he almost seems like he's turning into the Joker.
4: (laughs) <laughs> Just fine. Yeah. He does sound a little like Mark Hamill
0: doing some dramatic. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the most pharisaical articles I think I've ever read in my life. A, a, a man who who thinks there's a possibility his kids would come to, come out gay and then not turn to himself and see himself, himself and there to be something of a problem with himself. Uh.
4: Uh, there's, first, there's nothing wrong with your kids, kids, kids who are gay. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck would he have to look at himself to wonder what is wrong that made his kids gay? There's nothing
2: fucking wrong with that. If, if anything, if his kids come out to him and say, hey, dad, I'm gay and I feel comfortable talking to you about this. It probably means he did a good parenting job because his kids trust him and know, hey, if I, I, can, I can trust my father not to go crazy on me for coming forward and letting him know this, even though it's against his religion.
3: I wonder if it's like, uh, you know, he's he's thinking of like spiritual, some, something spiritually wrong with the father, obviously, right? Because the sins of the father will be uh, visited, on, visited the children, on the children right. or whatever. So if the children are exhibiting symptoms, then it's the sins of the father. And the spiritual, I don't know. I'm or just
4: maybe, trying. To, or maybe that the father just didn't raise them right. Didn't raise them to be straight. To be men. Didn't raise them to be good, God-fearing Christians who know that it's a sin to be gay. And, and they would have done everything that they could to make sure that their children didn't turn out that way. No. And the children would have known that as well. And Maybe. so clearly it's the parents' problem. Maybe. I don't know. Uh,
0: so, you know, I, I don't know if it's time to talk about the rest of it,
8: but uh... I mean, he says, he says, if I have gay children, I'll pray for them. Now that's interesting. That's good. He says, I won't pray for them to be made normal wait a minute. I've lived yeah. long enough to know that if my children are gay. That is their normal. Yeah. Now that I will not is... pray that
0: God will heal them, change mm. them or fix them. Why? Because he's not a sinner and his kids aren't sinners. That's his fundamental belief. Now he may be Pelagian to the core to the extent that he believes children are born innocent.
4: Pelagian. What uh, the fuck is that? I think it's a biblical thing. He may be Pelagian to the clo to the core. I don't know. This is a new term
0: for me. Me too. I don't know what that is. And sin is not an issue, and man can save himself. But whatever the case, what's missing here is this man's not going to pray for his kids' salvation. He's not going to pray that his kids will be saved. I don't see that anywhere here. Nor his is kids he going- don't need to be saved.
8: you know why his kids don't need to be saved? Because they're sweet. Because they're sweet. Yeah, they're not sinners. You know, they're they're this- not the sweetest examples of original sin that ever walked the face of the earth. They're just sweet. Yeah.
4: So. I uh, I'm still I don't I don't understand their conversation. Yeah, because what they're saying right now seems like what a rational, healthy person would say who has no problem with gay people. Yeah, that. Well, they're sweet kids. They don't have. Well, no, oh, no, well, they're, they're, they're not they're, they're saying how that seriously. This guy
3: is acting like they're, they're. They're saying that's the problem with the father. Is he? Yeah. Is he's, he's, that not- he's that he's
4: a decent human being? Yes. No, yeah. They're, exactly. Yeah,
3: they're saying that. They're saying that the problem with him is that he's not going to pray for his kids. Why won't he pray for his kids? Oh, because his kids are just sweet. They don't yeah. need to be prayed for. They're not. They're not. They're not. Uh, what did he say? The uh, he said something about the original sin or whatever well, he, that, that's, they're not they're not they not yeah sinners that, well that that's yeah, what i was gonna bring kind of
2: the uh uh plegian plegianism is the belief that original sin did not taint human nature and that mortal w- will is still capable of choosing good or evil without special divine aid so where some people believe hey you're born with sin Mm. Plegiism believes you're not born with sin, uh. and you have the choice to choose good
4: or evil. So you have the choice to sin or the choice to do good. So it's correct in saying that nobody's born with original sin, wrong in saying that we have, we have sin. free will. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's interesting, though. I hadn't ever heard that term. I've before. heard the term before,
2: but I never looked it up. I don't know. I don't I've think that heard. I've ever heard. I don't of
3: know it. that I've ever encountered it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I got the, the the super uber Catholic guy who posts all crazy stuff, and I think mm-hmm. I've heard him post about re- re- no complaining about shit like that, and he complete complains about everything that isn't his
0: religion. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Their hearts are not deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It he has- doesn't believe in the depravity of mankind, no. or the depravity of his children. He trusts his own heart, and he trusts the heart of his children. Fundamentally the
8: heart is deceitful above all else and is desperately sick. He doesn't classify homosexuality as a sin as the Bible does, so therefore he's not going to proclaim the truth that homosexuality is a sin to
4: Uh, That's something that bothers me about gay people who choose to remain religious or hold on to to religious ideals. Yeah,
3: fuck those guys.
4: But they're 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 returning to a church and a belief system that ha that is fundamentally opposed to who they are as a person. Well I think it depends yeah. on the flavor of the religion they choose to stay with. And if mean, it's based on the Bible, it, it doesn't matter. Or True, the Quran.
3: Yeah. But but that's true of every human that is that stays in religion, to a lesser degree if they're not gay. But every human is depraved, as you hear him talking. Every human is is born in original sin. Every human is wicked and evil and needs redemption. It's the crux of, well, literally and figuratively, the crux of the whole thing is that humans are terrible, and I kind of agree, but, <laughs> but just generally speaking, that all humans are terrible evil wicked and require spiritual redemption mm. without that there isn't a religion and the fact that in order to and, achieve that and, redemption so you got to pray any to that human guy. any I, human that clings to religion is in some way not self-interested I mean, it's, it is worse if you're female. It's worse if you're homosexual. It's those kinds of, yes. Yeah. But it's true of all humans that there, there's a, there's a self deprecation that goes along with being religious.
4: But I mean, couldn't you, couldn't you still have a religion without that kind of shit? Like that just says, we worship an almighty creator because of the many blessings he's given us, the things he's created, he, the, you know, breathing us into life, even the, We want to pay thanks that we're here on this wonderful planet and blah, blah, blah. And we're here to make things better for everybody, not you're uh, all sinners. You're all going to burn in hell unless you, you know, subjugate yourselves in abject worship of this invisible sky wizard. You just described paganism.
3: I guess so. Sure. So, I mean, there are religions that do that, but none of the monotheistic ones for sure. And most of the others are just as bad.
4: I think
2: that's why, like I said, you choose your choose your flavor of Kool-Aid. Some of them will, you no, know, they all cherry pick what they want to believe and what they don't want why to believe. Why are they all choosing the shit flavored one? <laughs> well, this is the really shit flavored one. <laughs> the other guy took a mildly shit flavored one.
3: Well, it's got the biggest stick, but it also has the biggest carrot too, right? At least in their eyes. Well- but this e- eternal glory yeah. and and favor from the creator of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you you have
4: other other less fundamentalist wackaloon yeah. Christian denominations than this, right? Yeah. They, oh yeah. That don't do all of the fire and brimstone shit
3: necessarily. But well, it's, it's still, and, all they still based. and they
4: still get the rewards, yeah. Right.
3: But it's still all based on the fact on on the the fulcrum of requiring. Redemption from this awful state that we're in. Well, it, was, it, it all, it all hinges on that.
2: Just like we were talking about during an interview where there's those, uh, the, the, uh, was pastor up in Oregon who's an atheist and still preaches Did you say pastor? I did.
4: Pastor, priest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't remember what it was that you said last week. And I'm like, did you just say? And uh, you're like, no, I don't think so. When I was listening to it, you sure as shit did. <laughs> I probably did say, it, but I was like, nope, not me.
2: Didn't say that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: But no, it's like like she was talking about what the uh, atheist uh, church leaders that they got up in there in Oregon and a couple other places. Huh. They're atheists. They don't believe in you know the
4: divineness of
2: God, but they still preach in a church.
4: Yeah, they they do more humanist. Yeah, sermons. but they're also yeah. that's what I say
2: they're trying to get them what de- defrocked or de Mm-hmm. Take away their disassociated, yeah. excommunicated, they're, dis- they're fighting it. Like no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna still keep preaching. I'm just gonna not gonna be preaching supernatural aspects of this stuff.
4: None, of, none of the kaka. Mm.
2: So, I mean, that's still a church
1: mm.
3: that doesn't
2: follow any supernatural beliefs. Mm. They chose the very littlest amount of shit in their Kool Aid
3: the tiny amount. Yeah, but in a, in a certain sense it doesn't really qualify as Christianity either because you've gotten rid of you've you've gotten rid of the uh crucifixion.
4: Well, true. Which is the whole re- I mean that was why Christ was here, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking at the core of Christianity is Christ. The reason Christ was here was to be born and die for our sins and redeem us all. So if you do away with the whole redemption being necessary, there's no need for mm-hmm. Yeah, a savior. There's no need for Christ. So Christianity and it's well, not it's, and it's, it's not a
3: no true Scotsman because because that that pasture actually is an atheist. <laughs> yeah. And and but so what I'm saying, though, is it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter. It, it matters for some things, whether you're like an extreme fundamentalist crazy person like Swanson or if you're like the UU Christ believing Christ leaning um, liberal churches as long as the crucifixion and the the need for redemption and original sin are present it's there's inherently uh something something bad about humanity that requires uh this gap to be made up in a supernatural way because we're unable to do it ourselves hmm. that's present no matter what runs the gamut from you you to Whatever or Swanson is, what about has this, to be there?
2: This guy that he's talking about, who is apparently uh, a I've fucked that word up horribly again because we just learned it. Uh, you always fuck it up when you first learn it. But, uh, <laughs> well, some of us do. About not believing that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not believing that you are born with original sin where you're born good and you have to, you know, if you do evil things, now you are a sinner, but you, you gotta work towards sinning. Like you get, like in his mind, you get you start off with an A and you got to work towards an F.
3: Hmm.
2: Where with Swanson, it's like, no, you've got an F and you got to work towards yeah, an A. Yeah, you start out That's, that's yeah.
3: the only Christianity you ever hear about is you're born with an F.
2: Yeah, but where the other guys view is you're born with an A. But who believes that still? Well, apparently people who are plegiistic.
3: Not <laughs> paralyzed, but. I never hear that. I never hear of people believing that because they usually don't. They, they, they're probably not stirring as much shit as the ones who are. Yeah, they're probably more the liberal ones, I guess. But probably. But you're still relying on the crucifixion, though. Yes. Uh,
2: well, I they think would have in to be. In a a way, I mean, if, yeah. if it's a if it's a Christian or sin, church, yeah. If you sin, that's when you know God has to like save you from your sins. You have to repent for the sins,
4: but you're not born with sin. Well, but then I mean, but that again, like I said, that would destroy the whole basis of it being a Christian religion. Yeah, if it's a Christian religion, they believe in Christ the Savior who came for the ultimate redemption of the rest of humankind. As long as they would accept Him as their Savior, He came to die for our sins.
3: Yeah, in fact, it's worse than that. And
4: it's not just the people before; it's everybody afterward as well.
3: In a way, that view actually does damage to both sides. It's it's like these these crazy fundamentalists still cling real hard to the crucifixion part where those guys the Whoa. what are they called uh Plegi ple- yeah they're yeah. they're doing damage to the crucifixion and still or, and still requiring that humans are depraved or are and, they and ex- require the crucifixion that they're they're doing damage no, to no, both or sides. they're accepting the they're crucifixion they're doing the hokey pokey yeah.
2: they're accepting the crucifixion and saying well the crucifixion is what gave us the A to start out with when we're coming to life
3: I see before then, you yeah, had an F. So, so but hum- after he sacrificed himself for man's sins, well, now we get an A. Yeah, but it's still, it still all comes back to in inhumane uh, views and self deprecating yeah. ideas that every human who clings to religion has to have in at least in a part in themselves.
2: It, and it also comes back how a perfect book has been interpreted so many different fucking ways. So it's not very perfect.
5: Yeah.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, you would think that if the book was perfect, it would be universally accepted as this is this is the right way, unambiguous, perfectly clear, perfectly understandable Mm -hmm. by everybody in all circumstances.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's not a loving God that that only wants certain people back.
2: Or unless there is no fucking God and man just fucking put a book together so they could abuse
3: women. Of course. Of course.
2: Well, but if but
4: if there is a God and you're saying that it's a perfect book, then then the the God who created the book that does so. So much division within everybody yeah. isn't perfect. Would be a malevolent guy. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. yeah.
8: Has to be. To his congregation, nor to his family. And he is not doing what what he should do as a pastor, and that is stand and proclaim truth and grace. There is healing for the sinner, there is the cleansing for the sinner in the blood of Jesus Christ. He says, if I have gay children, you'll all know it.
0: In other words, I'll bring them out, I'll be proud of it, I'm excited about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um But, you know, as a pastor, if your children turn out to be sinners, well, they need Jesus, too. If it turns out they abandon the faith while they're in the household, accused of riot, unruly, debauchery, etc. within the household, you need to resign as a pastor. Hmm. Put that in your pipe. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was <kinda> Autoplay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I was moving on to Rick Wiles. Put that in your pipe Put and pipe. <laughs> smoke it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a crazy thought. That you know, if your if your kids are sinning, then you can't be a pastor. Yeah, you have to you have to be you have to be perfect, and your family has to be perfect, but perfect according to what I yeah tell yeah. you is perfect because right. they're only sinning;
2: they're doing nothing but being themselves,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: being themselves is in itself a sin to him. And who are they
4: harming ultimately? No I mean, even that's... if you even if you accept the being gay. Even if you believe that being gay is is a sin and bad,
3: well who are they harming? God. They're harming God? Yeah, that's why Whoa. it's a sin. It's an offense to God. He mm. said not to and they're doing it. So, God won't return now.
4: So, so because they're they're hurting God's
3: little feelings, which which means he's imperfect, by the way. Right, that he could have his feelings hurt, that, uh-huh. that he would, yeah, that he would even, that he would even think that a puny little human could cause him any offense whatsoever, because he mm-hmm. knows so the, the offense. So, so the whole, the whole idea of sin, which is, you know, in some definition, a an offense to God, that whole idea demonstrates God is imperfect, and original sin is a cornerstone of of most of Christianity. Well, it so, also proves so that God there's isn't all knowing or controlling. Almost a paradox, right? Right in the the very core basics of their theology.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because if God's all knowing and all controlling, or all you know, has ultimate control over everything that goes on, He's letting you sin. He might be making you sin, not right. the devil, the
4: Jeebus. Jeebus is making me sin. Well, yeah, He's got the control, or He's allowing it. He's playing the Xbox. Well, he has to at least be allowing it, right? Because he's yeah. not stopping it, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: He's bogarting the controller. He's not passing it.
6: <laughs>
4: puff, puff, give, Jesus.
7: If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you!
4: You want to you do some more? We got... Robert McGinnis. He goes off on gays and witches. We got Rick Wiles. Ivanka Trump is <laughs> a Kabbalah practicing evil <laughs> woman whispering evil things in the ear of her father. That one sounds fun. That sounds interesting. Sounds, Which,
3: sounds weird because
4: cause it, when, uh, isn't, isn't he a
3: Trump supporter? Yeah. I thought he was. I imagine he's got to be. Oh, you know what is this? Is he scapegoating for Trump's fucking humiliating failures?
4: Oh, he might be. Let's listen to him and find out. Of course, he,
3: of course, he would put it onto a woman, right? It's her fault.
4: Well, yeah, yeah.
2: Trump basically made it sound like his first his first few weeks in office had been going great. Well, of
4: course he makes it sound like that. <laughs> I, did, I didn't listen <laughs> to the speech, but <laughs> what is he going to say? That's no, terrible. <laughs> I'm doing a shit job. Yeah, I'm awful. I'm the worst. If he was honest.
3: I just don't even think he sees it. No, I think he's. I don't even. I don't even think. You think
4: he's that blind? That that into himself. More, more
3: and more. That self-centered. More, more and more. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought. I knew he was way off the charts narcissistic to begin with. But Uh. the more and more, more I have exposure to him, the the lower and lower I think his IQ is. The less perceptive I think he is about anything outside of his little box right in front of his face. I think he's completely blind to everything that's not him because he everything
2: that he is doing right now he made fun of for obama every time he did just it once playing golf mm-hmm. going on vacation yeah. Oh, yeah, doing yeah. all this stuff saying oh they're spending too much money
4: on that we need to cut- bombing syria
3: yeah. yeah 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 those are great examples of how of how he only sees one way you yeah. know just he just cannot turn it around well
2: even the loss there's a lawsuit coming out against him and he basically came out and said i'm president now you can't sue me
3: yeah (laughs)
2: yeah i mean i'm president go fuck yourself i've been sued too many times that's why i ran for (laughs) office so you can't fucking sue me yeah he he,
3: he is a child he he literally is like a toddler where if i'm doing it it's fine and it doesn't matter if it's the same thing that i've criticized other people for i'm doing it now yeah and that's okay you know, oh. but if, but if you're doing it, I don't care if I agree with it or not. That's bad because you're doing it. That's literally how he seems to be. And did you mm-hmm. see what
2: Ivanka had to do on uh, Easter Sunday? No, she had to hit him to get him to, you know, put his hand over his heart for the national anthem. Oh,
3: I think you mean Melania. Yeah, you
2: mean Melania. Melania. I think he's fucking both of
3: them. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> <Tribulation> Trump <laughs> is having sex
2: with his own daughter,
3: <laughs> a stringy-haired slut.
2: Yeah, she uh. She's standing next to him. They started playing the national anthem. Everybody even, like raise their hand over their
4: heart. Yeah, and he's doing that typical little kid thing Which, where he's just kind of swaying yeah. back and forth. Which, not, and yeah, and she got has shit eating grin on his face. She has to hit him and realizes, "Oh, all oh, right, TV. I got to put my hand over my heart." Right, sorry, Melania. I didn't I'm know. So sorry, I didn't recognize. Didn't recognize the song. So I, I was just looking over the throngs of my adoring supporters. Yeah. The, I
2: got wrapped up in the moment
4: and so sorry.
2: Uh, all the white rich families we invited to our house for Easter. Look at this crowd.
4: Isn't it the best crowd? They're oh, amazing. N- did you
2: see the whole autographing fiasco?
4: No. Autographing what? With who? Hats. So on that same
2: oh, day, yeah, where he's- the kid goes, Hey, can you sign this? He President grabs it. President
4: Trump, will you please sign my make America yeah. great again hat, yeah. please? He
2: probably gave out. He signs it, then chucks it.
4: Then grabs another one from our kid, signs it, and chucks
2: it. He's like, "Hey, have a Fetch great day, you little fucker!" And the little kids, I hear, I can hear someone <laughs> right at the end goes, "Whose
4: hat is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the, the look on the kid's face is just this crestfallen, like, "Why you did you, can you throw my hat away?" <laughs> you can see his arm reached out to take it back, and Trump's like, "Yeah, and yeah he oh, just fuck chucks you. it." It's like, <laughs> "Oh, those poor little kids." I mean, now the kid's going to learn that guy's a dick. Mm-hmm daddy why did the mean orange man throw my hat into the crowd shut up just get another confederate flag <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so sad those poor little kids yeah <laughs> i did i didn't see the clips but i read the yeah i read the story about it i, I watched, watched the, the, video. the hat throwing one was kind of funny because the kid you can hear the
2: kid ask will you sign my hat and then he grabs the hat signs it and chucks it he says something else like, like he's being, a fucking rock star yeah you just right? throws it yeah it wasn't just, like, throw it up in the air for the kid to catch. Throw it into the crowd no. for people to fight yeah, over. He... My
4: adoring throngs of supporters.
2: Yeah. If he were to, like, just toss it in the air at the kid, it's still disrespectful. No, he chucked it. Like into the crowd, away into from the, the cra- cr- kid, yeah. yeah.
4: away from the kid. It's like, holy fuck, you asshole.
5: Rick Wiles, let's see.
4: Yeah, yeah I wanna, I'm curious to know what his take
5: on this is. London's Express newspaper reported Saturday that Ivanka... He's recording from the toilet, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trump Kushner, President Trump's daughter. Yeah, we fucking know. Was the person who persuaded him to bomb Syria. So, her husband, arrest. Jared, is the wealthy man at age 36 representing the cabal. <laughs> the deep state cabal oh, in the Oh, <laughs> I get it now. And He's a
4: Jew. You'll notice that Ivanka doesn't have any money. It's all Jared Kushner's. They're a married couple. Her father is a billionaire, but she doesn't have so any money. So is her husband. Jared, Jared Kushner is the one with or, all of the money. Or he's a hundred million.
3: Because he's the head of the household, she's the lowly wife. Yeah, but he's a Jew boy, so that's why- He's that's why- part of the evil cabal. Yep, that's, that's the connection. Because I'm like, why does Rick Wiles
5: care if we bomb Syria? He wants to bring about Armageddon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Kushner's real estate ventures have received generous funding in the hundreds of millions of dollars from entities financed by George Soros. Mm, I'm skeptical of that. His closest associates are Goldman Sachs bankers. So what? There's a little bit more to why? the story Wait. of Jerry. Jared- He's a well, Republican. It's... Why
3: does he care? Yeah. They love that shit. And why is everything t- about George Soros? Yeah, I know
4: the guys probably I still didn't... don't really know who the fuck George Soros he's, is, he's other a... than that all the right wing people seem to be terrified of him he's He's the richest Democrat in the world, richer than Warren Buffett no but or Warren Bill Buffett Gates? doesn't uh I thought yeah, or Bill Gates, I thought Buffett was. Much more wealthy,
2: but George Soros gives a lot of money to political. He's campaigns. more active.
3: He's more politically active. Yeah, is that the thing
2: like kind of he... like the Koch brothers being politically active with the Republicans. He's one of those brothers? guys. Koch. Do... I always say Koch. Do you crotch.
4: know Mayor Ed Koch? Sure, yeah, I get that.
2: Um, do you know where he got his money? I don't. Huh. I know he's an older guy, but I'm just betting the guy's probably sitting in a cabin in fucking Vermont. Just wanting to make fucking syrup, being like, I didn't fucking hire the fucking protesters, you dipshits. <laughs> I'm just making syrup on my fucking farm. Is that what he does? I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs>
3: no.
2: But if I was a rich billionaire, <laughs> I'd probably- remember the- You would want to make syrup? make syrup. Yeah, why not?
3: I don't think you have to be rich. You just go there. And no, make No, but,
4: but I want to- Land costs money. Oh, yeah. Just do it, do it for a vacation. I mean, if it's a dream of yours- Fucking just do it. Dude, those
3: <laughs> those people that tap trees out there would love it if you showed up and said, hey, can I do some of this work for you? They'd let you.
4: Oh, yeah, sure. Come here and. Collect our buckets full I've, of sticky shit, because <laughs> apparently
3: Vermonters sound like uh, they're from Minnesota.
4: <laughs> <laughs> dude, don't, don't, uh, isn't that how everybody sounds in that area? No. That's not that area. Well, I mean, you're just crossing some water and going more north, in, and dude, it's like, like a thousand in like, miles away, in like three states. <laughs> yeah, but it all looks, you know, it, you, I can I can pinch it with two fingers on the map. <laughs> so. you, need, you need a bigger map. Vermont's <laughs> part of New England, <laughs> so they're all talking like this. Yeah, come here and get our sticky
3: shit off of the fucking tree, you. Yeah, they're all from Queens or whatever. (laughs) I
5: I like doing accents. (laughs) Now that was South African. (laughs) Jared and Ivanka Trump Kushner. Jared is an Orthodox Jew. Ivanka Trump converted to Judaism so she could marry Jared. They are both followers of the Jewish sect Chabad Lubavitch.
4: Chabad mm.
2: Lubavitch. I couldn't pronounce it ten times in a <laughs> row. Chabad <laughs>
5: Lubavitch. Both Jared and Ivanka revere the late Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson. The rabbi died in 1994. Considered to be one of the most influential Jewish persons of the last 100 years, and that's why we've Many all Orthodox heard of him. Jews. Yeah.
4: So this whole thing is Rick Wiles pissed off that they're Jewish. Yep. Yeah. Rick Wiles is a giant anti-Semite. Yep.
3: Yeah. Huh. Yep. And also, I love the way he's reading this with this like with this feigned sense of of uh, credibility. Like he, he's 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 doing the dramatic pausing and you know he's trying to read it with a serious tone and it's like, dude, nobody fucking believes you. <laughs> I Believe any of this you're saying. <laughs> Most influential Jew of the last 100 years that none of us in this room have ever heard of. And we do religion every week.
5: Mm hmm. Think he was and is the Messiah. In fact, many of them are waiting on him to come out of the grave and be the Messiah. Well, that's a long fucking wait if he died this in is 94. He in Ivanka, Trump, Kushner, Revere.
4: You revered dead On the Jew Saturday too. night before the election. I wonder who Rick Wiles supported in the election. Did he support uh, Trump?
2: Uh, or, he Probably eventually at the end. Or Cruz, Once maybe. he was the final pick. I would see him more as not Cruz, but a... Uh, uh, Santorum? Huckabee. Not Santorum. Huckabee? Huck, yeah. Could be. Huckabee going over to Israel <laughs> and... you is know, where God's coming back to the return and shit. And... To the return. Yeah.
5: <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> Action. Jared and Ivanka Trump Kushner visited the grave site of Rabbi Schneerson, okay, supposedly to seek the dead rabbi's messianic blessings on Donald Trump's election victory so fucking what
4: y- y- okay well that um that all sounds weird, no matter how I mean, I know whether they did it or not, like well, him saying it sounds weird if it's just this conspiracy thing he's come up with, but if they did it in fact. That would still be weird. I don't think it's weird. It's it's no different than people going to going a, to a dead person's grave to seek their blessing on somebody it's, it's, else's. Pre- like, it's, dude, it's no different. Are you are you, going are you to... trying to make sense of religious ritual? <laughs> I mean,
2: it's, it's also, no different than going to a gravesite of a family member on their birthdays or that kind of stuff. Is like they don't. But would you go there and
4: say, "Hey, I hope you'll offer your blessing for"? I mean, this maybe person who's running for maybe it's
2: someone that their father died before they got married, and they go and they have a talk at their father's grave saying, "Hey, you no, know, I'm marrying this." This, this people talk to dead people. Yeah, these
3: these people don't think he's dead. They think he's still alive if they're Jews, right? So there's a spirit there somewhere, isn't right? Well, he's definitely yeah, taken more than
2: three days to raise from the grave, though. He's been since '94 <laughs> and I wait for him still to come out of that thing.
3: But also Rick Wiles is doing this this hyperbole bullshit where nobody else in the fucking world calls her Ivanka Trump Kushner. This is this is Barack Hussein Obama all over again.
5: Uh-huh. Ivanka credited the dead rabbi for protecting her father when the man attempted to assassinate him
3: that's what you do with with your dead dead. rabbi
5: (laughs) yep
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think you call it a guardian angel
3: or jesus that too don't you credit jesus When things go, for protection, when things go well, don't you do that? Yeah, but Jesus Of course
2: you do. But Jesus is really silly bunny.
3: Who is also a Jew. Well, he converted. Jesus Christ
5: Kushner. (laughs) (laughs) Him off the stage? I believe that they were there at the gravesite when that happened. And that they believe that this dead rabbi protected Donald Trump. In addition to being a scholar uh, of the blasphemous Talmud, Uh he's also an esteemed teacher and pract-
4: So all Jews are, are
5: blasphemers? blasphemers. Yes. Yep.
4: Wow. This guy has like a regular radio show and shit. Hmm.
5: So much for Jews controlling all of media. Right. (laughs) Partitioner of Kabbalah. Jewish mysticism, witchcraft. This is the rabbi that Jared and Ivanka revere. Yeah. This is his whispering in Donald Trump's ear Bomb Syria. Okay. Damn. Well, I'm going to say something. Why <laughs> radical such big now?
3: Fucking balls, oh, now yeah. he's going to say something radical. But for, <laughs> but secondly, why don't you just cast a fucking Jesus spell on Trump so he doesn't do the things you dislike? Yeah, there should be. Why an don't anti-cabal. you just do that? If it's so blasphemous, it should be easy to take care of. Plus, Jesus already speaks the language. Should be no problem. Christy ball, Christy ball, Christy ball. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning rat. <laughs>
5: what was it? Light- <laughs> Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Yeah. I've held back, dog. I've held back. Okay. Oh, he is giving a speech like it is. Ivanka Trump yeah. Kushner. Just how much power and influence does she have over her father? I got to tell you what came to my mind today as Pussy I prayed power? about it.
3: Oh, as you went to your- Matthew
5: 14. Oh, yeah. At as, that time, Herod the Tetrarch.
2: Yes, he consulted his Heard report Jew.
5: about yeah. Jesus and said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him.
3: Oh, don't cry now. Laid hold of John. <laughs> yeah, and John John the Baptist. No tea. So he's ragging on them for a <laughs>
2: Jewish uh, leader that was going to rise from the grave and be an ultimate leader, but then goes to the Bible and goes exactly to a text where the guy returns from the dead.
3: Yeah, yep written by jews
2: okay sense
3: no making right yeah the 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 the
5: inability to even see the irony here is is unbelievable and put him in prison for the sake of herodias his brother's not Philip's herodias wife. because john had said to her it is not lawful for you to have her and although he wanted to put him to death he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Therefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask.
4: So she did some sexy dancing in front of him, gave him a boner, and he's like, I'll give you whatever you want, baby. (laughs)
2: Like
5: a stripper. So she, having been prompted by her mother, said, give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter.
1: Well, that's just
4: not Sounds nice. Sounds like a reasonable request. hmm Is she going to eat it? I don't think so. Then
2: why, why on the platter? Want a... a, a well, a, you don't want to just carry it around by the hair every Well, matter. no, just put
4: it in a sack. Oh, it'd be more convenient. It would be.
5: And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. So he sent and had John beheaded in the prison.
0: Well, that's that's. You aren't, what I mean? aren't you pro
5: death penalty? That's who I think Ivanka Trump is. What?
4: She's John. Oh, she's going to be head John. She's the she's the dancing lady that wanted yeah. somebody's head.
5: Hmm. She's a Kabbalah practicing evil woman, whispering evil things in the ear of her father. Oh my God! Does who takes this guy seriously? You <laughs> going to the gravesite. <laughs> Of an old dead Kabbalah practitioner, and getting spirits telling her what to do.
4: Doesn't he, he do would. that? Doesn't, yeah. doesn't Rick Wiles do that? Same
5: yep. exact thing.
4: Oh, but probably not with somebody who practiced Kabbalah. No, they oh. practiced Christianity. Mm.
2: Holy fucking pauses. Don't hear yeah. that on TV. Yeah. This, yeah.
3: this guy is fucking Brian Fisher on
5: chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. No, no, it isn't. It's the it's a, truth. It's, it's your conjecture. We have to pray against witchcraft. So do it! In high places. Like on mountains? Witchcraft that plans to <laughs> kill millions of people. This isn't a bad dream. It's not a movie. This is not a reality show. It's, your... it's like people can't distinguish it. Didn't he say anymore. he had a dream about it? Didn't he just say that? (laughs) And it was Matthew whatever. Didn't he just say that? (sighs) Between fictional TV and online media content and reality. This is reality. No, it's not. No. But it's like a sci-fi movie. Your brain is a sci-fi movie. We have a (laughs) reality show host in the White House. That's true. Acting out a reality show in real time and bombing a nation for no reason other than his daughter whispered into his ear.
4: And I don't I don't think that's true. I think there were some reasons why somebody may have wanted to bomb Syria. Yeah.
3: Here's something that I find very interesting though. Um all of a sudden now this staunch republican has a problem with just freely bombing some country that's in the exact area he wants bombs dropped, but when it suits his needs to be a fucking Jew hater, now he realizes that he can use that bombing to say, oh, well, here's such a bad guy. Well, okay, if you understand that bombing countries for no reason is a bad thing now, what the fuck do you think other times? Why, when is it ever okay? Now, all of a sudden, now you're using it for your advantage? No, 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 no. It's never okay.
5: What a fucking asshole. Daddy, please bomb them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That wasn't creepy. All right. It's Ivanka and Jared who are cleaning out the White House. Not but, Steve Bannon? They are the power center.
2: I think Bannon's got more power than his daughter does.
5: They got rid of General Flynn. They're getting rid of Steve Bannon. Didn't Flynn resign on his own? It was kind of like a...
4: It was a, I'd like your resignation, please. Yeah, but I think he knew he fucked up. (laughs) Right.
3: Well, he had to have known he was fucking up when he was lying to everybody. And he's saying they got rid of Steve Bannon, which is obviously not true. And
4: they knew about Flynn for at least three weeks before they got rid of him. So, I mean, what is he supposed to think? They've known about it for three weeks and they haven't gotten rid of me. So I guess I'm okay.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: No.
4: And Bannon may be on his way out now, it sounds like. So after we did our, our, our two episodes on him, <laughs> they listened. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. Hmm.
5: They're cleaning out the White House to surround President Trump with their Kabbalah practitioners. <laughs> and the only advice he's going to get will be from people who are evil. You know, the Jews. Yeah. hmm And the church is letting this happen from which church. Yeah.
3: Which church. But also, does he really think that Mike Pence isn't in total alignment with Rick Wiles? Does he really not think that the vice fucking president is going to be like, oh, yeah, totally. Evil Jews take over. I'm the fucking VP Christian who wants to make a theocracy. (laughs) But. You know, bagels every day sounds pretty nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, I love
4: locks
2: <laughs> and a the, good schmear. The cabal could have put a, a really good uh, spell on him, and they just haven't found the antidote to it yet. I
3: just think it's interesting that you have this—you have this r- hard-right Christian theocrat as the vice president, and nary a mention from Rick Wiles. He talked all around him, didn't even bring it up. It's
4: almost like he. Was avoiding it. He he purposely avoided it or
3: thinks that Pence is just so feckless and anyway. No, you know. but I mean if but if that were the case, then there's an then there's an easy argument to make there too. And why not throw that in there? You know, we have this guy we thought was gonna do this and now he's blowing it and he's letting them take over. Just throw that in there. Why not? If you're avoiding it, it's obviously hard to construct a fantasy argument around. So mm-hmm. you just ignore it, mm-hmm. like a fucking teenager does. Just but- just omit that stuff and hope nobody catches on. Well, I caught on Rick Wiles. I caught <laughs> <Yeah>. on.
4: <laughs> I see what you're doing, you wily Wiles you.
2: <laughs> but even though I don't like Mike Pence, I gotta say he's actually doing the job he's supposed to be doing. He's not going is golfing he? on the weekend. What, what job is he doing? Well the job of the well, he's doing the kind of the president's job, going a meeting with foreign leaders and stuff. While Trump's out golfing, he's meeting with all the foreign leaders.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: He just did a whole, a whole uh, Asia trip where he went to like Japan, China, Korea. Yeah, now we know what Asia is, Ryan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he didn't go to all. Of he didn't go to North Korea.
2: That's in Asia.
1: I thought I'd get more specific.
5: He might have thought okay. I meant Asia,
2: the stripper. Oh, that's true. <laughs>
5: Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on
6: iTunes and Stitcher, and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible.
4: I feel like I need to watch the 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 sound of Rick Wiles out of my ears. I have the perfect thing.
3: Yeah, Ooh. big big dogs, big dogs TV. Okay, big dogs TV. Yeah, well, D A W S. You can just Rick roll yourself because we're about done, right? We've we've covered it enough tonight. Yeah,
1: haven't we?
2: yeah. Oh, we do, we do need to make an outro for this show yet. Blong.
3: Do uh beatboxing. Big Dawes TV beatboxing. They ha- they do like a Big Dawes Beatbox? Yeah. They do like a nerd's beatbox in Compton kind of thing. Nerd's beatbox for strangers? Uh there's a Compton
1: nerds one. Nerds Beatbox a one. in the Hood. Yeah, sure. Any of those. Go,
4: go to the hood. Nerd Beatbox in Compton. Is that the one you want to hear? Uh, any of those are fine. Yeah, I want to see them get their asses beat. <laughs>
3: It's actually pretty funny.
0: Hey there, welcome to Big Doss TV. Today I'm with my <laughs> friend Ozealous, and we're going to be beatboxing in the hood. I love their shirts. You want to hear the some beatboxing? <laughs> 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 White guys guns, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Yeah, okay. Me and my friend here. This is my friend. Um, we're we're, we're we've, been, we've been trying to become beatboxers. Yeah. Um, for the talent show, and we were wondering if we could show you, and you, you could tell us if we're any good. Oh, go for it, and okay. then I'll. mean, i flow on. You want to rap on it? Yeah, I'll yes, okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. okay. Yes. Sir. Check it out. Okay. Yo. Oh. I'm bus. <laughs> oh, <hoo-hoo. laughs> uh, uh. Nice. Yo. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You're too late, You're too late. <laughs> uh, I I go all day, man. <laughs> uh, I like the hype man over uh-huh. <laughs> You already know. This is horrible dancing. <laughs> That was fuckin'
2: funny. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: guys like that? <laughs> That'd be a whore. That'd
1: be a <laughs> whore. Yeah, check it out. What, how
0: do
1: you do that? Pretty <laughs> <laughs> <What the? laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> crazy, huh? Yeah. Can you slow it down? <laughs>
0: Пять! Yes. Now I'm back, in that palm attack It was nothing but the charm And I do that shorting on the beat I do this and walking on them Letting the feet of life Could be walking in and striking that light I'm coming through, what it do? Yabba have abba zap Ain't no wire, striking fire oh, you What you mean? Keep it clean, on the same damn team Didn't even know what you no Calendar, let it show, let the wings spread then like, no. Gotta
1: kill
0: Okay, killing no. it hey. Okay, you killing it Yeah yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> I just want to pause it for a minute. He's really fucking good he at beatboxing. Is. Oh yeah, dude,
3: he's, he's really good. I do yeah. how you. Make I those. wish there wasn't so
4: much traffic noise because
3: he's this that's is so good. Really fucking good. Yeah, that's why it's funny. It's
1: like holy shit.
7: did, <laughs> man. <laughs> 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 I do good,
1: man. <laughs> he's not even hiding as well as thank you, Mike. Good, bro. Thank you. Yeah, man. you it's practice that, man.
3: it's all practice yeah you know there's a sound I've been working on sounds like a, a
0: bass in a car it's crazy oh. Oh, wow okay watch watch <clears throat>
1: Okay.
6: Oh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Was- uh, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 a little, little, little jiggle
0: there. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching the video. If you enjoyed please be sure to give it a big thumbs up. Let's try to get 50,000 likes.
4: On yeah, this that, video. that dude is this, this really good. It that. was fucking awesome, man. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of these guys before fucking cool. Big Dawes beatbox. And they're wearing nerdy t-shirts and Coke bottle glasses. Yep. All tucked in. No pocket
2: protectors, though. Uh, No pockets on the shirts. True, but you can just pin one on.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and thus ends season three. Oh, what a glorious season it has been. I've really enjoyed doing this show with you guys for the last three years. I must yeah, say. It yeah, doesn't even good. feel like three
2: years has gone
4: by. It doesn't. But I think if you listen to this episode versus like episode one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to listen to episode one again. Uh,
4: no, no. I don't know. I would recommend any new listeners probably don't listen to anything beyond like. Well, now they're going to, but I mean. Or before episode like 50 or so maybe. I was going go to don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think we've gotten so much better from where we initially were i don't think did you guys think that we would be doing it for very long when we first started out
3: i don't don't know that i really thought much about it i
2: just like let's just try this and see if it works and catches hold and
3: like like we've said every time we have this discussion you know it's just like i think that's one of the things that makes us kind of unique as far as a podcast goes is that we all basically met the first time the first episode (laughs) yeah didn't really have a plan laid out other than to do the interview with dan and then you know it clicked well enough and we just started building from there but the entire record of our show and our friendship for the most part starts on episode one and then continues on through the show so it's a show about friendship (laughs) oh but but i mean i think that's You know, yeah, it's embarrassing. There's stuff in some of those old episodes that I'd rather nobody knew about, but it's out there. And, (laughs) and, you know, it, but, but that's, like I said, that's the unique part about this show versus others. We didn't start out with a real plan with, you know, everything set up and, you know, structured and designed and worked out with how we wanted this to sound. What do we want to do with it? Well, you know, we're still working that out.
2: Yeah. But I think one thing too is going from episode one to now is just, you know, being comfortable, being, Ourselves around each other and fucking around and
3: it has loosened up quite a bit, which I think
2: is good for listeners. Mm -hmm. I think they would agree. It's you know you don't want to listen to some tight asses. We're just having fun,
3: (laughs) 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 but things are going to change a little bit again. Yeah, Matt's going to get tight on our ass. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to be tight ass Matt again.
2: (laughs) Can we we tighten up the ship? See, I wouldn't have said that episode one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know, we're going to do, we're going to make some little tweaks and some adjustments for the start of season four, but it'll still be the same great show you all love. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not really changing the show. It's just, you know, we're going to try to structure it a little bit better to, to cut down to efficiently on
2: efficiently, get out more content.
3: Yeah, exactly. Cut down yeah. on excess time we spend on news stories and stuff, get in additional content, uh, content like, um, you know, more philosophy stuff, maybe some science stuff. I th- I think I said all this year one. I no, would def-
1: yeah, no. I would
4: I definitely enjoy more science and philosophy stuff.
3: Yeah. Or I mean even the conversation we had tonight about Swanson and stuff, you know, where that sort went. of went into the weeds was was fun and invigorating. Yeah. We haven't had conversations like that in a while, but I'd like to get back to some of that. So we're going to have more structured segments, going to change the theme song a little bit. Um and uh and then the content of course will still be Hopefully interesting, ranty, ravey. Yeah.
2: I'll still make really shitty jokes.
4: And we'll have plenty of derailments.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but time
4: derailments. It'll be it'll be a whole lot of fun, I'm sure. Oh yeah. But honestly, I I have just last three years have been awesome. Thank you both. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. This has been fantastic. It has. Tons of fucking fun, man. Fuck yeah. And thank you very much for listening tonight. Thank you very much. Oh we, we have, have a we have a couple of yeah, new uh Yes, Patreon. We have a couple new Patreon supporters this week. Uh, this week we picked up Mo Cowbell. Love the name. <laughs> and Gatheist. Awesome name as well. Thank you both very, very much. And thank you to our other supporters, Christy Kalbach, Andrew Vodapich, Jefferson, Wesley Aaron, or Wes Aaron, Utah Outcast, Andy Faulkner, Angel- Angelica Pearson, Jeremy Goodson, Taylor Grant, Grant Larimer, and Savita Kuna. Thank you all very, very much.
3: Yes. Yes, thank you very much.
4: Hopefully you enjoyed tonight's little bit different show. I mean it's still the same show. Yeah. But it'll be a little more raw. A little looser. Yeah. A little looser. And next week will be a more a, a tighter ship, but it's kind of fun to just mm-hmm. let our let our hair down a little bit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, well, I can hair, still do that. I have. Yeah, I I have I let my beard down, I guess. Oh. Oh. I'm bald and can't grow a beard. Well, I can. I'm just not allowed I'm fast to. approaching Ryan-level baldness. Yeah. yeah, except for I'm 10 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Ryan. For the last
3: 10 years, I've enjoyed and this th- glorious mane on top of my head. I've noticed <laughs> mine is thinning a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like it's I got it's a so of, uh, thin. I got a couple of spots right here that Receding are- Receding uh, a little bit, are, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah that, can this, you tell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was at that spot when I was 15.
4: <laughs> Matt has a gorgeous head of hair fuck him (laughs) (laughs) low testosterone um but yeah thanks everybody for listening please go out and rate the show if you can't become a patreon supporter give us a five-star rating wherever you can do that uh send us in show suggestions comments you can find us on facebook and twitter and all of the other places but thank you thank you thank you and Mm -hmm. that's all have a good night have a good night,
2: or morning,
1: or morning.
6: That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Wh- it, whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but this, okay. now I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. I mean, sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean? To play us out? It's, Sting is going to do, it's a video. Sting video. Okay. What is. For credits. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah, yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is a. Okay. In five, four, three that's tomorrow and that is it for us today and we will leave you with a I can't do it okay. we'll do it live okay no. will do it live fuck it do it live I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live right. fucking thing sucks in 5, 4, 3 that's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Five, four, three. Fuck it. There's no, there's no words That's on it. Tomorrow. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Cause I've never seen that. The fucking things suck. There's no words there. Fuck it. There's no, there's no words That's on
4: it. Tomorrow. Fuck it. We'll do
6: it live. Fuck it. Cause I've never seen that. There's no words there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
2: asking the black lives question matter like well why do you you're so antagonistic black lives question matter
3: (laughs)
1: yes
2: (laughs) he's a beast in the bedroom i was gonna say something like that but then you jumped to it surprisingly surprisingly why because because i'm not funny ryan because you don't you don't you don't talk about the sexy times
4: because i'm not funny (laughs) (laughs) ryan